If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome back to Scav Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we're we'll discussing all things arena. Arena tournaments, arena feedback, arena Gameplay, which probably 33% of you have all experienced, and Arena. Arena, 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 Arena. That's on the agenda. Pretty much. Um, it's all anybody cares about. I think it's, it's interesting as a very like first point. I was just intrigued to see... I don't actually know if I still have it up. I'm sure I do somewhere. I was intrigued to see kind of like how the statistics were looking broadly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe I closed it. But anyway, Arena was launched with over... I mean, I was looking on Twitch stats. Arena launched with over like 100,000 people watching, which makes sense because it's a new game. Sure. Part of the new game, whatever. But uh, Tarkov itself, I mean, also quite obviously, because people, you know, it's end of wipe and people are sort of bored anyway. It's like you get the, the trail off in viewership. I think Tarkov is like average 3,000 viewers post the launch of Arena, which is like, you know, understandable, but it's like peaks at 4k and drops down to 2k um since then arena's gone down to like 45k or something and it's probably about there like viewership so you know the tarkov category is like bigger than normal but that's just because you've got big people who don't normally play tarkov also playing arena too and a bit of like you know but the interest has sort of like gone away a little bit from the beginning so i don't know it's like it's a very weird moment in tarkov's like because we've got like the wiping coming Mm-hmm. Oh, I did. It's just such a weird thing. Anyway, no, I, th- I just thought I just thought that was like kind of an an interesting data point. Like, if you did want to go back and play actual regular Tarkov, like, there's literally just like nobody cares because I mean, it's just been so such a weird thing. Um, yeah. So I mean, I guess we should start at the start. Mm-hmm. Just start right at Where the beginning, started, and then go all <laughs> the way back through. Um, like, I don't think had I even when, like, when we did the last podcast, had I even been. Hold, I could say publicly. I don't think it'd been announced, right? You didn't mention it. You, no. you just, you just hinted. You were like, I've I was like, I'm excited really excited for the yeah. future. <laughs> I yeah. was like, okay. <laughs> it was like the, almost the worst timing because I, I actually thought that they were going to put out the announcement mm-hmm. that day, like before. But apparently, their social media team got like overloaded with other stuff, and they just didn't do it. So they did it like the following day. I was just like, really annoying because I wanted to talk about it on the cast first before going. But anyway, it didn't really matter. But um. Yeah, no, it was kind of a just a bizarre thing because like I didn't get to go to Vegas. I mean, I'm gonna make this really short, right? I'm gonna I didn't get to go to Vegas because it was really hard for me to just make it work. I really wanted to go to Hanover, so I was just going to see it and meet everybody because I actually don't really know that many people at EU. I'm like very much more like US focused. I think maybe hmm. no, maybe it's just like the YouTube scene is just more developed in US creators. If sure. you think like Aaron and Jesse and 
you know, people like that. Um, there's like, there are some UK people, but I like EU people, but uh, it's just kind of like less, less so. And the, the US player base is just so big. So I really want to get Hanover anyway. And then I had uh, BSG actually contacted me on Discord and said like, oh, I've seen that you've been posting. Uh, this is Apple's or say so you've been posting like you're going to go like we're making a list of content creators who are going to Hanover. Like are you going? I was like, well, I'm 95% sure, but I've not organized anything yet. I was still like in logistics planning. And um, then he was like, oh, if you're going, then in that case, I have a proposition for you. Oh. And I was like, oh, OK, interesting. It was like it was interesting that they kind of started out that way around. It was almost as if, like, I'd be like, no, I'm not going. They'll be like, oh, okay, never mind. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those weird, like, life things where, like, you've made a decision based on, like, us some other stuff, and then something random happens. And this is like, it's almost going to, I'm going to go off on a bit of a weird tangent here in some ways, but uh, there was, like, a, a sort of a, mo- not not motivational, but sort of, like, life coaching sort of thing that I saw on Twitter, like, a while back that, like, struck a chord <laughs> with me, which was about... <laughs> If you have like two different decisions to make and you're not sure which to make, go with the decision that you think has the highest luck associated with it. Which ever, I, ever mm. since then, I've kind of thought about that a lot more. And I sort of have like kind of followed that broad, like broadly, but like it kind of like sharpened my mind on that kind of thing. And like this exact thing is that in like, you know, in its manifestation. You know, it's like, just go to the thing. Like, you have to, like, cast your net of luck out. And you never know what's going to come into it. But it, but stuff just lands randomly. And it's like, this is exactly that, right? Like, if I said I wasn't going to go, I was like, oh, well, you know, actually, I, you know, I can't go or whatever. It's just like, it doesn't seem worth it, blah, blah. Like, this may never have happened. So, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of a believer in that, casting the net of luck out. Anyway, so they said, like, do you want to come do it? I said, yes, of course. And then they kind of passed me off to... The production company who was like managing everything which was kind of cool um so they were like organizing the hotels and uh like flights and other stuff which i was just like oh this is awesome because now, like, now i don't have to bother which is that was like a huge concept. i like i hate organizing all that stuff for travel so that was like super super cool um but like at the beginning i didn't really even know what it meant like being like an analyst for the thing i didn't really know what it meant at all so i was just like okay well that's fine i'll just do it and like, after speaking to a few people, I was like, well, I guess it is just kind of like the caster analyst thing, like it from Dota 2, which is like the game that I'm used to watch professionally. I don't really watch yeah. any FPS professionally. Like, I don't really follow any of the scenes, CS, or any of those. Like, really, Dota just for historically. So I was like, well, I guess that's kind of the idea, I suppose. Um, and the first time that I really sort of like freaked out and was like, oh my God, is when they made the poster. <laughs> and they sent the draft poster around, just like, hey, does this look okay? And I was just like, Oh my god! Like this is actually really scary because you know this is like actually real. Like this is super super weird. Like seeing my face on the poster with like other people, um, and obviously I didn't know the other the other co-casters and stuff either. Mm-hmm. So that made it like a little bit you know tricky. But um, you know everybody else was from Rainbow Six, which in uh, the end okay. ended up being really helpful actually because it's different doing something live. With production like it's actually it's actually really different so when we got there like there was i mean there's a lot of organization and stuff but when we got there it's like okay you need to be there at you know on thursday like in the morning for like rehearsal and stuff and when we turned up it's like you have to get you know all the, like go back with the audio guys like get all the microphone stuff on they're like doing microphone testing um and then you have to like 
basically, because this is what we spent like most of Thursday. We spent like, you know, a couple of hours on Thursday, just like walking out onto the stage, like testing out the different stuff. The camera guys had to get like, yeah, they, they did like, they did like Anne's walk on like 40 times or something. Cause like, she was like not stood in the right place and then the camera guy wasn't in the right place and the timing wasn't right and the camera looked weird and so they had to tweak the camera and then they changed it and then they did it again and then there was too much smoke the one time so she couldn't even see the steps and then there's like it's just like so like it's just like so much like stupid stuff like minutiae stuff um and it really gives you an appreciation of like when you see a seamless broadcast go out right like how hard that actually is to do because there's so many people, there's like all the graphics people in the van, like there's all the people like moving from one camera to another. Every camera has to be perfectly synced up. Everybody has to get each transition perfect. There's like a stinger graphic transition between each like different piece. And like, you know, we had like the producer in our ear being like, you know, get, you know, get ready, you know, five, four, three, two, one, stinger transition. And then it like opens up and then you're like there and stood like watch looking at the camera. And there's like, it's just like crazy, right? It's like there's so much that happens, which is the reason why it was so good to have experienced people on the scene who've done esports stuff before right. who know what it's like to work with production know what you actually have to do know what the expectations are like they helped a lot especially day one because i really didn't know what i was doing even even things like um yeah someone comes up and they're just like oh yeah do you want to go and like get yourself um checked into you know makeup so you can get yourself sorted out to come back to do the live show and i was just like oh yeah i guess okay <laughs> i didn't really think about that but uh, i guess that's the thing because otherwise you'll be all like shiny on the camera and stuff but mm -hmm. um yeah, so it was kind of surreal, but having four people who are like experienced at doing live events is was really good. Like Hap has been doing cast, casting and like posting and all that stuff for like six years. Anne's been doing it for like four years. Um, same with like demo and told us more. They're all like really experienced. So it, that was like invaluable, but it was a it was a really cool opportunity to be like the Tarkov guy on the panel. Yeah. Um, like the experienced guy, like the others have played, and like I think Hap is probably the most experienced. He's probably got like five hundred hours. So he like you know he knows the game, well certainly well enough. But about like arena or whatever, it's you know it's a different thing, and it's a whole new cut of like analysis, and like it's it's very random. Um, so yeah, it was like it was really really fun. So like beforehand, after everything kind of got sorted out, and we were like yeah we're definitely in, then we got given these like arena test accounts. They were like not even our own accounts which the teams were given. So we all got, we got given them at the same time. So we could like go in and like see what was going on and see what okay. the maps were and see what the loadouts were and that kind of stuff. So I started using that to have a look at some of the presets because the, in the tournament rules, which we also got given as like a document, which I read through, there was sets of presets that you were allowed to use. And it was like, like stages one and two. And it was like tiers three and four, tiers five and six. And it's kind of interesting because like the, the ranking in the game in the preset orders, those ones aren't necessarily what BSG think are like that because because it's like an economic angle as well. BSG has their like own internal like power level. I guess that's probably the MP, whatever it is, like you know, the kit power ranking, what yeah. you know, whatever it is that's labeled on it. They like thought more about that for the tournament, which makes sense because there was no economy to the tourney, right? There's no like rule like you just had free money because it was all custom games. So everyone's starting account has like, you know, 1.2 million. So there was like <clears throat> a very specific cut of um, of which like presets you're actually allowed to use for the first round in the group stage and then for the best of three and the best of five. So I spent like the first section because like all of the other people had got the tournament accounts and they were there like practicing and like obviously there was no one for me to like play against. So I, I spent like the first day just like wandering around the maps on my own 
and like fighting the cleanup crew after the time ran out after i like you know ran ran the time down and then looking at presets because it wasn't just like oh use any of them it was like these specific cuts so it's like well within this particular grouping what's which ones are good which ones are bad and then within the second set which ones are good which ones are bad and there was like 26 within the first group and 44 within the second oh my for like tiers three and four and then tiers five and six which so you wouldn't have like, from looking at the tawny this is like completely standalone from anything that's in the current um like the presets build. were the same as right. the current build but like yeah what you could use was of custom like right list. gotcha gotcha yeah um, all with like a similar, uh, yeah, all with like a similar power ish. I mean, you, I say that, but like a, mm-hmm. half of them, half of them were just like awful to begin with. So of the right. twenty six, right, thirteen were just like a complete write off. So they were just terrible. And then of the rest of them, it was like, well, maybe they want to use this. Maybe they want to use this. Um, I think at the end, because I had like earmarked a few, being like, maybe these are okay. The only semi auto one that ended up getting used was the shotgun one with the AP twenty, and that was only used once by Mayer. Other than that, like nobody used semi auto at all, really, which is like, it makes sense. It's just the way Tarkov works, right? Especially <clears throat> given that Arena's still using the old recall system. So we'll have to see what that does, if and when it gets updated and mm-hmm. when they get connected. And I have no idea. Like, who knows what's <laughs> going to happen with that? That's a whole other, you know, topic. So yeah, the, the first set was like kind of interesting. Um, but some of the obvious ones did end up coming through and being picked a lot. What was fun though is in the second set, which is kind of more like my bread and butter, because the first set were like so random. Mm-hmm. I'd picked out a couple of different ones that I thought were good. And in the very first game, it was like, I think eight out of the 10 presets with the th- with three presets used multiple times, all the ones that I'd picked out of the 44. And I only picked like, I only said that like four or five were meta. And of those that like, I got 80% of it right, which I was like, hey, this is good. Like, you know, I do know what I'm talking about. So I spent most of my time scouring through all that list. And I made like, um, I wrote, basically wrote like, I don't know, it was in Discord, so it's hard to tell exactly how big it is, but it was probably two A4 pages worth of just like information for the other people being like what I thought was good, what was bad, why I picked certain things. And like that's where I started the spreadsheet as well. I don't know if you saw the, oh, okay. the spreadsheet that I made. I started yeah, I the spreadsheet for the tourney because I knew that I wouldn't have the game in front of me when I was backstage, right? Because why would I? So the, the game's on my PC at home. I'm like randomly in Germany. So I was like, well, I'm going to take the, the family laptop. We have this like cheapo laptop. This, chromebook so i was like well i'll make a spreadsheet so that i can actually look through the presets when i'm there because it's actually quite hard like you know just off the top of your head as well to remember like 44 plus 26 different presets like and the names don't really mean anything either like i did get to grips with it after sure. a while it was kind of funny i actually almost felt like revising for a test for like the first time in like you know years and years and years i actually spent a long time on the plane because i wanted to like as soon as people had picked stuff in the tournament i wanted to be able to like immediately respond and not be just like fiddling around with my computer so I actually went through and on the plane, I had this spreadsheet on my phone and I was literally just like reading through them all and like making up like little like <laughs> mental mnem- mnemonics for like all the different presets, especially in the first set um, to remember what they all were and what they were. So as soon as somebody picked up like agent, I was just like, oh, that's MP9N with the, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. like, so I just knew already. So because that would that would come over time with practice, but like mm-hmm. literally never seen the game. Right. So I had like yeah. a one week to prepare it all. So I was like revising all of the preset names on the plane and stuff, which is just like. That was kind of interesting. Um, but then eventually I got access because I was like, well, I can't play against anyone. So it's, it's hard to experience it. I then got let into the pre-testing, which people knew about, right? The, the actual closed testing, okay. which was mainly like emissaries and shippers and people like that. This was um, like, what's the timeline of this? You got into the pre-testing? This was like a week before, like five days before or something. 
before the uh, DreamHack event? Before, yeah, before oh, okay. DreamHack. Okay. So I played like a, I did like a bit a day or two of like here and there stuff. Like I, mm. I was also trying to like back in videos as well, so that I had content yeah. for Wednesday and Saturday to go out. So I was like trying to make videos and play like with people right. and like group up and stuff. Like man, it was it was actually really manic and like trying to get everything done. It was a lot of work. Um, so I played with like the D minus kits. Then they then they like opened it all up to A tier kits. But I was like I was just too busy doing other stuff to do to do mm. that. And then I came back and played the D kits again with some people. So I did get some. I got like enough experience with the maps to like figure out what what was where and like when I was looking at the observer, I like knew exactly where I was and um you know where the weapons spawn points were and all of that kind of gumph. So like it that was it was fine and it was good enough to be able to do what I needed to do. Because then once you were then watching the tournament, you just needed that little leg up to then be like, oh okay, this is what the pros are doing on the map. Okay, fine, we'll just adjust to that. So um yeah, so there was like all that prep and then yeah, going there all the production and stuff that I talked about with with everybody else, but um. Yeah, I think I honestly think it went like it went quite well. To be honest, the actual tourney itself um, mm-hmm. for me in terms of like casting or whatever, I'd lo- I'd love to do it again. And yeah, lots of people gave me good feedback about it, and I was like really happy. I was really happy with the way it went, and I didn't feel like nervous or anything. I was like felt like I knew. Like I think it's I think that's the thing thing for me. Like if I've done a bunch of work on it before, and I've like tried to prepare as best as I can, mm-hmm. then I'm just like you know now like whatever I've done like I've done the best I can. Like if I don't know stuff or if there's you know, a problem or an issue or whatever, like I just have to chalk it down to experience because I don't feel like it's me being like lazy or resting on my laurels or anything. It's like, I, I you know, I, I genuinely did the best that I could and, and now it's fine. And so I think that's why I wasn't really like nervous. I get nervous when I know that I'm underprepared. I know that I had time and then didn't and stuff. Or like, I know that there's stuff I should have looked at that I didn't do. Then I get nervous because I'm like, oh, I'm sort of comparing myself to like my potential self. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. Know. Kind of weird. Um, did you, how much of the tourney did you watch? Because it was like, I will admit, it was not an easy viewing experience because there was so many like technical delays. Um, I watched the first day a bit. I probably watched like two games of that. And then I watched the last day. I just like, I think I started watching because um, I was late. So I just went back in the VOD and started watching. But then I just like skipped to the finals. Mm-hmm. Just kind of got bored. Like for me, the one issue that I had with the viewing experience was I had no reference of anything for the maps, really. Like, I mean, I yeah. know what they look like, but I don't know where this person is relative to anything else in the map. Uh, like, I really wish yep. they had used the overhead view a lot more. Like, they did sometimes, but. It was quite good, wasn't it? Because you could, especially when they had the observer in the right place, you had like people holding angles, and then you could see the other team moving in. And in the absence of like a mini map or something, yeah. that was really the yeah. only way that you could actually get an idea of sort of a like yeah where people were on the map and be like the map size and stuff. I think that was like especially bad on Sawmill. Like if you haven't played Sawmill, it just looks like a random section of <laughs> yeah. woods. Yeah, it's because like, you uh, can't tell where the edge is. Anything is. Yeah, because yeah. I think like I think Equator is probably one of the best maps to watch because. It's got like very distinct edge, like boundary, and it's very small. So you quite quickly figure out like what the deal is. Um, whereas, yeah, like Bay 5 is like really confusing if you haven't played it yourself. Yeah. Um, Even Air Pit was just bad. like, I didn't know where like, yeah. I'm watching it now. I'm just like, I don't really know. You know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so weird to, to describe because like if you know where people are like expected to come from, then like it's kind of like playing labs like if you never played labs before it's like you have no sense of where anyone's at but then mm. think about it from a viewing experience you're just constantly switching from different first person views 
So it's like, I, well, I don't know what this guy's, you know, looking for, and I don't know what... It's like I can't really conceptualize what strategy is being employed here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm essentially just watching first-person view of people shooting guns, and that mm-hmm. kind of is what it became, is I just started skipping <laughs> till gunshots happened. I was like, oh, okay, he, he killed him, yeah. Skip, 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 skip. Oh, he killed him, yeah. yeah. You know? I think it's like, yeah, it's a combination of like people not knowing the game, plus there being basically no observer tools whatsoever in, in, in the game. And there was like a lot of people who, and again, this is why it was so useful having the um, Rainbow Six dudes, because mm-hmm. like that game has been played competitively for years. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, yeah, and, and you know, they've also, they've also like, they're much more plugged into like the FPS pro scene in general than I mm-hmm. am, right? They like, they know about CS about valorant mm-hmm. about apex about like rainbow six about league about what like a lot of most of them have done like other disciplines as well it's not they're not just like one game ponies like me yeah so <laughs> so it's like um you know player outlines for the observer like x-ray through the walls mini map like all this stuff which they were like you could just lift all this from cs like it's easy there's not like you know there's not you're not like um what's the word you're not uh, sacrificing like the art of your game Mm-hmm. by just straight up copying these things because these it's not they're not like you know special features they're just in every competitive esport it's just yeah. like required it's required um and then it makes the observer experience easier because the observers were complaining too because they couldn't they didn't know when the action was going to happen because they didn't know right. where the people were for me because all they had is the fps views as well um so it's like kind of tricky to know like where people are going to going to meet and stuff it makes it difficult so they ended up missing kills which meant then it was hard even harder for the spectators to figure out what was going on because the observers didn't know what was going on. It was just like very, very tough at this time to to make it work, which is, yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate. I mean, I, I understand, though. Like, I'm sure they will do these things, but they've been putting the resources into, like, making the game itself and not into the, like, ancillary stuff. Um, and it like, I think it worked, like, well enough for the tourney. To, you know, it was, yeah, it mean, was okay. Yeah, I mean, I would, let's put it this way. And, and this is the thing. Nobody complains about the stuff that worked well, obviously, right? But it's, mm-hmm. it's like the, you know, the, the things that it's, what, what do you call it? It's like the, uh, I, I'm like losing all my words today. I can't even think. My mind's just like adult. But, um, you know, it was stuff you just don't get any praise for, right? So it's like if the game itself had been like bugged or flawed or like broken or whatever, it had to be like restarted during the matches and stuff, like people would have complained to high heaven about that. Yeah. But the actual game itself was like really stable. And every time, once we got in, once the games were going, I think there was only one time there was an issue in the whole tournament, which is pretty good. Like Arena itself is like the game is very stable, um, which is fine. So that could have been ten times worse. I would have, I'd rather the game be stable. Like if I had to choose, I'd rather the game be stable and the observer tools be like you know forgotten about for the time being, than than try to do everything and the game just be scuffed and like be actually unplayable. Because some people are saying, oh, Arena is in an unplayable state. I just don't, I don't think that's true. I think like a lot of we'll get onto the systems and stuff, and I think a lot of the systems are like kind of scuffed and just don't really work very well. But the, the core fundamentals of, you know, it feels like Tarkov in an arena setting, like, that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with the, the actual, like, me- mechanics of the way that the game actually plays out, you know, given it's supposed to mirror EFT at the moment, and there's a few quirks um, compared to the, the base game. Probably not enough, but there's a few quirks. Things are, what I mean by quirk is, like, uh, when you search a body, there's no search mechanic. Mm-hmm. that's been deleted completely because like it just doesn't fit for arena there's lots of other stuff that should be changed as well but for now like they haven't they've just kept it the same as the base game but um 
there's like a few yeah a few little things that have been changed but but not enough so far so yeah i don't know i i thought it wasn't too bad like most of the technical problems were about networking honestly and about trying to get the lobby put together rather than having to restart the actual game itself but uh, yeah so like a lot of stuff needs to be done for the observer tools and things if they want it to be like you know an, an esport in that sense because it just made it hard to watch and hard to spectate but it'll be much better i think now that everybody's actually played the maps well yeah everybody is in the the players i guess you mean well by the time we get to the next tourney presumably everybody will have been able to actually play the game yeah i mean that that will help some for sure yeah um i mean it's not like they're doing the next tourney like you know tomorrow yeah like who knows when that's going to be like next year sometime presumably that that was Um, just my one main gripe about it was just that you know i really didn't have any reference anything and like I think if if you don't have all those, you know, events tools, um, like you mentioned, like CS or whatever, like just using the overhead view a lot more mm. would have like helped tremendously for for the viewing experience. Yeah, um, helps you get I more think that's true. more um, engaged and into it. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. invested. Yeah, it's kind of. Um... Yeah, it's sort of a shame that it was like kind of hard to watch because in terms of a first tournament, the actual tournament flow itself was really quite a cool story. It was really fun to watch. And like it was this is the thing. It was probably the most fun for like some of the people who'd done the closed testing and me. Mm-hmm. From like the yeah, the core talk of community. It was probably like more fun for me than anyone else. <laughs> Which is like kind of weird. Um, Because like I got to play it before and understood the maps, understood a bit about what was going on. I was trying to relay what I'd learned to the audience doing the thing, but because I was there as well doing it the whole time, I ended up watching all of it as well. Um, Because the way that it ended up going with like VP, who'd like were clearly the most practiced team, they beat everybody just hands down at the beginning, and then Gamer Legion beat everybody else. They were also doing really really well. And then they went through to the best of three, lost again to VP, by, but ended up like they took some ground. And then they came back through the losers bracket and right. brought them again in the finals and then finally won. Which is just like, it was such a like cool story. Yeah, I didn't expect um, that. I just expected VP cool to dominate it from yeah. day one results. I was like, oh, they're going to win a tournament. It's exactly, a <laughs> that's what everybody thought. Um, so it was, it was quite fun because each time uh, Game of Legion played, they like, got better and better and better. And they did super good. I actually spoke to them afterwards because I ended up being in the taxi with them going home, or two of them anyway. It was Ferlex and Coca was in the cab with because they were getting on like an Air France flight from the same terminal as me at the same time. And uh, they were just like, well, VP never lost. So they didn't like learn anything. They were like, we were losing yeah, like all over the place. Good point. So they were like, we were just like learning what not to do constantly and like refining and refining and refining. Mm-hmm. But VP hadn't been in a losing position. So when they finally got into a losing position, like in the final, there wasn't really anything they could do about it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, fair play to those guys. They played really well. They did a really, really, really good job. It was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was good. It was good because it was, it was hard. Like, how do you prepare for this? It's like no meta, you know, no, no anything. I was, like, kind of surprised in some ways. Like, it was interesting to just see how, like, all in some of the strategies went or, like, how different some of the teams went in terms of, like, what they picked and stuff. Like, all VSSs, you know, like, a, bal- a balanced sort of, like, regular Tarkov type thing or, like, yeah, and the other teams just goes, like, all VSS. Like, kind of, kind of nuts. Yeah, but, when, um, I, when I saw the shotgun come out first time, I was like, what? He's using a shotgun? This has got to be a 
uh, like some type of like throwaway. Like maybe they're throwing, you know, like they're not taking their opponent seriously. And then I saw that he killed the guy instantly as soon as he shot. I was like, wait, what? Is it is this is it slugs? Like what kind of ammo is? You know, I was like, mm, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Because like I I picked that one out as one that I thought might be good just because like. Mm-hmm. Everybody has like class three. All of those first kits were like tier three. Uh, there was like there were there were three there were three classes out of the twenty six. There were three presets that had um, class four armor. One of them was that one itself with the AP twenty slugs. There was another one with BMG, and there was uh, one other uh, preset as well with like a horrible M four with terrible ammo. Um, I think it was actually Blackjack. It was the one that was. Uh, it's the one that's been plaguing the lobbies at the minute because it's got a hundred round mag mm-hmm. for like a billion, you know, with like terrible ammo in it. But you just like death by a thousand cuts. Um, they like ITV team used that on air pit to shoot through the the walls of the airplane, which was quite quite good. They had goes on it and just like prone in the airplane, just like wall banging people through all of the all the terrain, which is which is quite fun. But there were only those three kits that had like class four armor. So if you picked anything else, literally any other preset that you picked. You were getting one tapped by that shotgun if it touched you anywhere on your head or your chest. So it's like you know it can be yeah can can be good, but a lot of the time it didn't end up working because the small maps especially it's like it's all just like lean peak like full auto headshotting with like AP six point three kind of how it ended up going. So everybody went went agent in the end because it was you know the the proer you get and like the higher skill you get, the more it is about just like does the bullet kill him one shot to the head? Yes. Is the fire rate really really high? Also yes. You know, that's kind of like what it ends up being almost. It gets sort of devolves down to that stage that like, you don't really care if you can one-tap Thorax. It's like, well, I'm just going to get a headshot because I'm, I'm so pro. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a lot of the guys are so good that it kind of mattered a bit less. You had to like catch people moving from cover to cover with the shotty to make it work, which is, I think, why the rest of them didn't pick it. But um, yeah, no, I like the story. It was good. It should brought up some more um, things in regards to like feedback that I, I, I had thought about was... Um, I would have liked to have seen uh, a UI element, like when you're spectating them for what mm. type of like gear they're having, like maybe something like basic. Because like I couldn't tell. I was really confused why everyone's picking agent. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like a two part thing because I was just like, you know, why? What's good about it? You know, mm. like. And then I looked at try to look at the, the gear they're wearing. I was like, oh, I think it's like a class five, like body armor or like rig or something. And that was my assumption, <laughs> but obviously that's wrong. Uh, so I would have liked to see, like, because they did a lot of legwork on some of the UI element on the on the spectating mode, like showing like mm-hmm. the guns and ammo and mags. Um, so like just like a little, I don't know, like a little armor icon, maybe like its class or or like its durability and its class or I don't know something something there would have been nice. And then the other thing I would have loved to have seen, like a the picking phase or something you know like yeah. when they're picking the kids because i was just like i don't know it's got a similar idea it's like i couldn't really feel invested or just kind of like confused as well as like why you know why this what are the other options but yeah i would say that's largely a probably a minor thing imagine but you know the average viewer probably doesn't care about that stuff but i like that type of stuff yeah i think people would have liked to have known i think they should have published the the rule set more widely and like at least given people a list of what the things were but you know they they didn't do that, so only you know the pro teams and me basically went through and had a look. And that's what, as I said, that's why I had to spreadsheet it out because I was just like, man, there's so much to look at here. Like, I don't, don't even know how to begin to like break this down. Actually, um, but yeah, it could like it could be a bit easier on the UI to see. Like some of the status effects aren't as obvious as well. It's like it's kind of funny because 
<clears throat> I didn't think that you got to see Painkiller on the Spectator view, but you actually do, but it didn't seem, I don't know, it seemed like less noticeable. I don't, I don't really know why. I don't know. I felt, I felt like the Spectator view is kind of inconsistent. Like, there's instances where people would, like, sprint and then ADS shoot, and their gun would, like, fly way up. Like, especially on this, um, uh, what, what gun is this called? The, the, the Russian MP9. I can't think of the name. Oh, the SR2M. Yeah, yeah, the SR2. It it uh it would like fly way up where you would mm. like basically see like the wrists. Like it would I don't know. And I assume that's just like an inconsistency in the spectating method, you know, just the it's not uncommon in FPS games to have these inconsistencies. Um and then same with like there's no there's no like aim blur when you're spectating as well. Yeah. Because I thought I thought I was like, oh, did they remove aim blur? And I was, I was like, "There's no way. <laughs> There's just no way." Yeah, it, like it's so much. It is actually easier to watch in that respect. Although, yeah, the recall's weird. Like the recall's like not. Yeah, it's it, like it's not lining not quite up. Right. Some of the optics don't have like the actual optic, like the the reticle showing sometimes. Like, I yeah. mean, it's it's not a you know, it's not. Oh my god, I can't watch this. You know, it's just like it just is what it is with the spectrum yeah. experience. Like there was a, especially with the recall, I did notice that the way that the gun pulls down and where, where the reticle goes, like, isn't the same. So the guys, like, obviously, the guns jumped up and then it's like pulled back down again. Right. When, but when you see on the spectator view, like they've pulled down and then it just stays there. Yeah, it's like and then they get a headshot. The, yeah, they're aiming at their legs and they, yeah, yeah, they're aiming like waist or legs, or whatever, and then they get a headshot and you're like, right. well, that's like clearly not what it looked like on their screen. So that's probably really, really weird. Actually, I don't. I don't know what that would be. I. I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So. Um. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the twenty. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was good. Um. For what it, you know, for what it was, like we just had to take it at face value to start with. Um. Yeah, that's then... excellent. There, like I was like, dude, Giga looks like he's right at home. Like he's so comfortable, so professional too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was good fun. I, I really did enjoy it. It was, it was cool. Really cool. I'd love to do it again. PSG would have me. I mean, who, who knows? We'll see. I mean, I, I reckon they, you know, they're going to keep going with this stuff, of course. There's like lots of changes to be made, but uh, mm. we just got good to go and like see everybody or whatever. Like I was in the hotel with ITB, which is nice because they're like UK team. So I met like a lot more people than I know. I, like I said, oh, to cool. most people, like I'm just, to meet yeah, so I'm just, Solo. Exactly. So, like, you know, I'm just a goblin who just sits in my room making videos, right? So, like, it's actually nice to go out and, like, meet some people because I'm, I'm not a, you know, a big participant in the community tournaments or anything either. So, like, hunt or anything like that because, like, like, A, I just don't really think I've got enough and B, you know, I'm, like, doing other stuff in my time, like, you know, make, making YouTube content. So, <clears throat> so, typically, I just don't know anyone. But it was good, yeah. So, they're, like, Walker and, and Philbert, which is cool, spent a bit of time with Goes and uh, Blitz Girl as well. Um, yeah, it was just like it was just nice to meet so many people. It's like genuinely make that first contact. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was useful for me at least. Definitely, definitely good and a, and a fun time. Um, as well as some of the PSG guys. Like obviously, I got to speak to Nikita. Did did, did the Q and A. I didn't even know I was gonna do it until that day. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was actually demo who said uh, he was just like because I think the production was just like oh Anne's gonna be doing the Q and A with Nikita and demo was just like can't do that. He's like got to put Giga on there, like his community. <laughs> so, um, fair play. So, uh, you know, I didn't really know I was doing it until like last minute, basically. So there was like, I don't think you know, I a set of questions that, that oh, okay. There's like a set of questions that, um, were kind of already like, you know, pre 
set that they like wanted to wanted him to say stuff about mm-hmm. um we got to like ask a few other things but i didn't get i just didn't get enough time to think about it like people i got like inundated with people being like why didn't you ask this why didn't you ask that oh no one ever asked you the hard questions just like man like it's hard right like i was there like trying to do the do the tournament like and cast the thing you know right. we were there from like eight until like six o'clock in the evening you know going back and forth and back and forth watching the games like trying to you know think of what to say in between each one and then like also try to think of the questions at like short notice and then because that's like make sure that they were okay as well obviously right you I'm, you know, we're not just going to turn up on stage at like their big live event and be like, so what do you think about the cheaters, Lel? Like, it's just <laughs> not, that's just not how things get done professionally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was like, you know, it, it's more complicated than that. But um, yeah, I like, there was, I wish I'd had a bit more time to think about some questions, in fairness. But I didn't get to speak to him that much. Like, he was really, really tired, Nikita was, honestly. He'd like flown all night overnight and. Mm was just like also really busy so i didn't actually get to speak to him that much i got to take a photo with him and uh yeah just like ask him about like whether some extra questions were okay and then but during the the um well there was like a there was a whole bunch of just other stuff like you know when wipe whatever and he kind of like gave his usual answers i asked him about like streets performance that was the one thing that i did want to ask him about Uh and then we also asked him about uh like when eod goes away if there's going to be another like any other accounts or you know, if there could be another version or, or something like that. Those were the other things. But um, yeah, actually, um, Very Bad Scav put the interview up on his channel, just for kind of reference. Mm-hmm. Um, people were asking me, like, oh, is I going to put it up on my channel? I was like, I'm not sure if people are going to really watch it. Like, someone will, I'm sure somebody will do it by the time I'm back. Because I was like, I'm late anyway. You know, I got back, like, really late Monday night. Mm-hmm. So it was already, people had already started getting into the game on, like, Sunday. I was like, well, I'm 24 hours out. You know, I can't even... I got, I'm not going to make any videos, whatever. I think I made something I was like when I got back on Monday night, but it was like the higher impact stuff, in my opinion. But yeah, if you want to go and see that, you can go and see it on his channel, on Very Bad Scavs channel, the full Q&A. I mean, he didn't tell us that much new stuff. Like, we know basically everything that's coming in the next wipe. This next wipe is probably the most transparent of all of the wipes, because we already knew that it was coming before the previous wipe, because they put it on the roadmap. And they've told us most of what's coming anyway. So... It wasn't, you know, wasn't too crazy, um, but they seem to have big plans for, like, Arena and, and uh, you know, Tarkov in general. Like, he talked about Tarkon, which I don't think he's ever talked about before. Like, oh, yeah, have, they want to have, like, an actual, that. like, yeah, like, convention kind of thing. Like, maybe they'll do their, like, tournaments there or, like, at least the finals and stuff. Or, I know, they've got, like, big plans. I mean, yeah, that, there was some, like, new information that he wanted to talk about. So... I don't know. I need to like go through and review. Like it was such a blur. Like I can I can hardly remember half the Q and A even. Um, yeah, I had it all written down on like a card. I think I've got it back there like, on that one. A little card there in the back, like with all the questions on because <laughs> I was like trying to remember what was going on. It was like just so busy. Um, so yeah, I spent. I didn't spend that much time in Nikita, but I did spend a bit more time with Dimitri. Um, who was like you know he was pretty happy with how it gone and like what we've done casting and stuff cool and i spent a bit more time with apples or he was like around in one of the evenings in the hotel bar it was quite nice he was just inundated with dms from people being like can i have access his discord is just full of people asking for access when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, so can you get me as access? No, <laughs> Yeah, no. Maybe you one got, peg you can. Got the hook of, yeah, one peg can. <laughs> I did think that was funny. Yeah. For anybody who wasn't on the, the Twitter meme, basically everybody just said like, oh yeah, one peg's gonna hook you up with some codes. If you if you want to get in, go to one peg. He obviously didn't have any codes. Like he hasn't been playing Tarkov for you know however long. His, but his uh, DMs just got completely destroyed. It was uh, it was a glorious meme. It was funny, and he he leans into it. So fine, you know he's quite. He he does a good bit of a uh, bit of trolling banter himself. So probably the best person to do it to, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, like tournament aside, um, I guess we'll just like talk about Reno itself, the launch a little bit. Um, I mean, where to where to begin, right? Nikita has pre- previously had said on Tarkov TV that the accounts were going to be let in in age order, which didn't happen, which is basically the reason for Five Days of Fury. Six Days of Fury now? I don't even know. I'm, I'm losing track. I'm not sure. Like, it's... I don't normally care about stuff on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I don't normally get bothered, but, like, I'm starting to be unable to, like, read twitter at this point hmm. and even and even in my own chat as well <laughs> like the problem is everybody who's annoyed about the way that it's been done especially those people who have accounts older than 2020 eod and aren't in the game it's completely valid to feel that mm-hmm. way but it's it's also on the other side it's all i see it's literally all i've read for six days mm-hmm and it's just annoying. I just don't, I, I really wish BSG hadn't done it like this. I wish they'd just done it the way they said they were going to do it. Like, if, if they'd done it the way they said they were going to do it, people would still have had an issue with the method. But at least it would have been like, well, BSG said they were doing it like this, so, you know, shut up and put up, you know? Whereas, yeah. like, they said one thing and then they just did the other. And it's what they did was, like, strictly worse. Which is basically like for the, for complete clarity here, it's basically random, as far as I can tell. There was some analysis done, and it on Reddit, and I think it was like nice guys, dudes, when it got reposted to Reddit, I think, and they collected loads of people with EOD from different dates, and they plotted it on chart. And there is a, there is a correlation for having an older EOD account to getting into Arena earlier. There is a correlation, but it's really minor. It's really minor. So, like, outside of like a statistical analysis of the dates and the entry times, for all intents and purposes, it is random. Now, why they decided to do this, I really don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it might have been a case of where Nikita said one thing and then come to find out they couldn't do it like that for some reason, or I don't know. Well, that's uh, what I thought, yeah. Like, somebody on my chat the other day, I thought it was in Discord, but it wasn't, so I, I don't actually have the chat to hand because I couldn't find it because it's impossible to find on Twitch chat once you've, you know, 
once it's done, because I don't save it anywhere, which is silly, because I probably should use a third-party chat program to save chats, but anyway, I don't. Um, but they were, were Russian-speaking as well, and apparently when he was reading through, he did the thing where he was reading out of the book, which is the clip that everybody's shown, which mm-hmm. is saying, like, all the OD accounts will get it first, blah, 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 blah. And then apparently he says in Russian, like, oh, you know, I didn't, didn't realise we were doing it this way, but okay. So like maybe that wasn't cleared, maybe it wasn't possible, for whatever reason. I don't know. I mean, I like... You know, lots of people argued with me against this, but I, I supposed that, you know, imagine like, yeah, it's written on the, you, you buy the account and it gets stamped into the, you know, your profile, HTML, whatever it is, like on your profile. But it's not like saved in a central database or something. Like maybe they have no way of getting that data out. I was like, would you be surprised if PSG didn't have a way of getting the account life information like back out? Like it's written somewhere. People are like, oh, but it's obvious that they have it. Obviously have that information. I'm just like, yeah, it's like it's there on your profile. But like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Who knows, right? Maybe it's not readable. Maybe they don't have it as a database. Maybe they can't put it in a database. Maybe it's in some stupid format, right? Like, I've, I've no yeah. idea. Who, um, who knows on that end? That's just it, and it's just kind of shitty knows. in principle, right? Like, yeah, because it's like if you if you thing. did have it, if you did have the information like that and or ordered in the right in the right way, why would you not just do what you said? Right. It doesn't make any sense. I think the other part that's really bizarre and I don't know what else I feel negative about it is that you can just buy the, allegedly, you can just buy an account and then get access instantly, which is also just like, what? Yeah, so I know that that was possible. And I think Pestily made that very um, public, I guess, or like he said that it was doable and a lot of people did it. But then apparently it was then not doable anymore. So I think maybe it was okay. a, a mistake. But like either either which way, I'm not sure. I don't know, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like it sucks if you're like say you're like EOD twenty twenty. So you're quite you're actually quite new, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Or say twenty twenty one. You're like relatively new to the game actually. So if you do it in account order but then it's really weird if somebody who plays like CS says, oh, this game looks interesting after the tournament and goes to buy it. They pay and it's just like, you have to now wait. You can't play the game. That's extremely unusual. So I kind of like, I don't really know how to, like, how to square I, that circle, right? It's either like yeah, either new players I mean, just can't play. Like the, the way that it should have been done, this is the thing, this is the way it should have been done was that EOD accounts, should have been so it should have been like it was always always like no matter who complains about this it was always going to be creators first all the creators who are any of any size were always going to get in first right mm-hmm. they were always going to be in a wave zero so no matter what you think about that that was always going to be the case for marketing it doesn't matter yeah. what you think about yeah. creators whether it's unfair or whatever like it literally doesn't matter that was always going to happen then in my opinion it should have been like it basically an age order so eod accounts 2018 and before these guys have been let in and they'd actually post that right and then Oh, it's it's stable. We're letting in 2019 and before. I mean, and I then guess... 2020 and then 2021, and then after it's after everybody's in, then the game goes on sale. That's how it should have been done, but that's obviously not how it's been done because at that like they wanted to have maximum hype to have people to actually pay for it standalone because there's like a monetary incentive for them to do that as well, right? So even though it's not necessarily like the right thing to do. I don't know. Or at least, like, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it's okay to pay if you make it extremely clear that they're not going to be able to buy it, like, play it straight away if you buy it as an individual standalone game. I guess. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the whole thing's just really weird. 
It is weird because they're essentially, I mean, Arena is effectively selling to Tarkov players, right? Like when you could first buy it, right? It's like you're, you're literally, if you didn't have EOD, you could buy Arena. But like, who's going to buy a product that you can't play right now outside of Tarkov players? You know exactly. what I mean? So, but I can understand them, you know, and in a sense, it's like now they're doing all this promotion for the game and they're trying to like, like DreamHack is not, you know, DreamHack, TwitchCon, all these are like promotional events. So they're trying to acquire new people. So in some ways, it's going to be a really tough sell for like a new customer that's, you know, not in the Tarkov ecosystem, so to speak, to buy mm -hmm. a product that they can't touch. So like, yeah. Can, but like, I don't even think it's, I don't know if the website, I don't know what the website would say in, in that regards to like playing the actual game. You know, it's like, oh, testing starts soon or whatever. I, I don't know, but. Anyways, I yeah, I don't know. It's it's well the one thing I will say about doing like the accounts, you know, purchase dates, uh like EOD, old EOD players, the oldest mm -hmm. EOD players are first in line. If like they haven't touched the game in like three or four years, then it's kinda like well, if we give them access, you know, it's like are they even gonna play it? Question mark. It's like one thing you could it, it say. It is like it is one little thing, like I don't really care. To be mm -hmm. honest, because you you bought it ages ago, so it doesn't really matter. And then also, if they're not going to play, then they won't put any load on the server, so the next wave will come through faster, right? So like, I don't think yeah. they have any effect on the ecosystem. In my opinion, I don't think it matters because, like, really, in in theory, right? BSG would just open it to everybody. They don't want yeah, to do that server raises... stability. Yeah, that raises the other question: is like, what's the issue here? With stability? Because I assume they would just be using the same service providers, like they the same servers even like what uh, i don't i i don't know i i really shouldn't speculate on things i don't know <laughs> but apparently there is some you know stability issues right as, as well I've yeah because the game went down yesterday was it yesterday tuesday wednesday no it was when uh, i think anyway a game went down on one day they did a big wave for people and then mm. the game was just like unplayable for like six hours you couldn't match make nobody could get into a game I sat for two hours of my stream before I managed to get one single game of Arena. It was awful. And all the other days, it was fine. Mm. So it's valid, the performance problem. But it's about, like, what's the fair way to do the access? Whilst also, you know, hitting BSG's monetary incentive. Because, like, you know, they, have a mon they, they are monetarily incentivized. Like, they're not doing this out of the goodness of their own heart. Like, was, yeah. There is that angle, too. But they, have to do it. they should have done it in a way that wasn't, like, like, this is just the most scuffed way to do it. It just doesn't make sense to do it this way. Yeah, I would just say there probably isn't going to be a fair way for everyone. This so is true. it's about picking the fairest way. But, but this is like, they're this here is to the... make money, so they're probably yeah. going to do what's in their best interest. And also, if you say you're going to do some one thing, you should probably stick to it and not upset This your method here, though, is the like surefire warden compensator. There are other options that are strictly better with no downside. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my god, it's such a meta analogy. That's <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I thought that was the best way to describe it, right? This is the, the plethora of 556 compensators that no one uses in Tarkov. Because <laughs> all the other options are like, well, there are other options that are strictly better in every strictly way. Better, yeah. Like there are, no, there are no downsides with doing it in age. Because like, all they've done, the only difference really is that they've just done it randomly now. As opposed to doing it like on EOD age, I think because at least yeah. with EOD age, like people who had it like you know 
the, the soonest, right. as in like EOD, and then ha- didn't get let in. At least it's like, it sucks, but it kind of feels like, well, I, I, you know, I feel at least like I'm in a queue. Exactly. You know, I can wait and it's like, my day. Yeah, I understand. Like, I get it. Right. You know, and if I, you know, and typically groups of friends have all bought it at the same time, usually. Like, you know, if we were all five of us, we all bought it at the same time, like none of us are in and then we're all in together. Like, okay, fine. You know, fair enough. Like none of us are there because we all bought it recently. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas like at the minute, it's like one guy from like who bought it a year ago mm-hmm. is in and the dude who bought it like, you know, has the alpha armband and bought it in 2017 or whenever it was, is like not in. And it feels like people have like skipped the queue. That's, that's why it feels like so unjust, I think, to a lot of people. It just it just sort of sucks. So I mean, this is the it's just the only conversation at the minute. Until everybody gets that in, it will be the only conversation, and it will continue to be the only big conversation. And rightly so, you know. But there's like it's everybody is allowed to feel the way that they feel about it. This is the thing we're accepting of all of all feelings here. This is from mm-hmm. toddler toddler psychology. It also extends to adults, but um, you know. Streamers are allowed to be fed up of it being the only thing people are talking about, but they have access, so it is right for people to feel annoyed that they don't have access where they've been supporting the game for a long time. It's like both sides are fair, you know, and I see it's, it's, it's annoying, right? If you're not in, it's, it's definitely irritating seeing people <laughs> who are playing, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's irritating to be like a creator and to have people like, Bashy. Like I've had, I've had like legitimate people commenting on YouTube saying that like I'm basically immoral for releasing content about it and streaming it at all, and that we should be in, <laughs> that we should extreme. be, yeah, that we should be in, um, you know, in sympathy of the community, like not, you know, not stream anything, boycott it completely, and not make any content. I was like, you know, people are like actually in already, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't affect you that I make content about it. Like, would you rather not know what's happening? You'd rather like not see the presets or like see my analysis on it. Like you're gonna be in the game eventually. Would you like rather just not see it at all? It's because people are just salty they're not in, which I understand. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, taking that out on creators, like I've you know, people on Twitter post saying, like, you know, oh, you know, you all thought it was fine when you got access, but now that you 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 can't take the heat, now you're all saying something. And it's just like, I don't know what you want. Like, we didn't even know it was being done randomly until like three days ago. Cause no one, yeah, how how is an individual supposed to know? Mm-hmm. Like we we're not psychic. Like basically, didn't tell anyone how they were doing it. Like we figured out that it was random the same time as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And yeah. creators were going to get in first, of course. As I said, that's like a you know fundamental rule of the universe. Sure. So uh, it's not really. It's not like it's not creators' fault that this has happened. No. So it's like, but I get I get uh, the people annoyed about it too. So like, it's it's hard, right? Everybody's feelings about it is probably valid. It's just yeah. Rough. Um. Oh, given people in chat are talking about how many people are in. So it's a good reminder of me, actually. So thank you, those who are talking about it. BSG have said that 33% of the people who are going to be let in are, are, are in already. So I guess that's 33% of like EOD, I guess, or people who've like just pre-bought Arena, which I imagine is a very small minority of people. So primarily EOD. And at that point, so you can go in and you can look at your like career or whatever, or like rating. You start off at 1,500 ARP, which is MMR. It is MMR. If you drop down through the ranks a bit, say you lose like the first 100 100 games, say you lose like the first four games or something, you'll be like lower than everybody else who got access and hasn't played yet. 
or anybody who's got 50-50 win rate or anybody who you know has only lost one or two games so you'll be like really in the bottom five or ten percent of the player population i would say and somebody with an account like that showed that they were ranked like one hundred and thirty-five thousand. Tiggs shared that from one of his people so if you were just unlucky and you lost like the first four or five games then you you know, drop down to near the bottom of the list and there was 130 odd thousand people in and that's with a third of the people in so we're talking like half a million people being let in for arena roughly if you extrapolate extrapolate what so like it's a third of the people at the minute and it's 135k right now oh, it's okay, really the gotcha, full player gotcha, base gotcha. so once they let everybody else in it's two sets of 135 left so you know okay. it's roughly what's 135 times three is 400 yeah 405 okay i'm slightly off but yeah 405,000 people or something. Then there's like some standalone people, whatever. Sure, I don't know. Sure. So, you know, it's a lot, of, a lot of accounts, in fairness. A lot of accounts. Just an interesting, like, statistical data point. Because people are always, like, musing about, you know, the Tarkov player base and, like, because it's not on Steam or anything. So right, there's no, like, Steam right. charts. It's just Twitch. So you have to go off. And I've always estimated 500,000 people loosely associated with EFT. Not necessarily people who are playing, but people who've, like, who have mm. played at some point, who are like broadly interested in the game. And like when you look across yeah. the different, it's actually probably a bit more than that now, because like you look across the different like data points that I used previously, it was like, um, like viewership on like broad viewership on Twitch, which like right now is pretty low, but like general viewership across the, the, the wipes plus like Pestily's YouTube, which is like 700 K subs, 800 K. I don't know. Something like that. And the, the Reddit is like 800,000 people on the Tarkov Reddit. So yeah, I think like 500k people is like roughly the like the loose, casual, amorphous player base. And then with this number, it's like anybody who's kind of interested would probably be looking at, you know, playing arena or at least getting in and like testing it out or whatever if they can. Um, so yeah, 400,000 people in that doesn't sound unreasonable based on what I've thought before. So it all kind of like matches up, I think. Yeah, I don't know. One thing I'm surprised they didn't do, which I thought they were going to do, but they didn't, was I thought they were going to do Twitch drops. And have creators distribute, like effectively, they'll, they'll be the key distributors. Twitch would be, and they'll drop out mm. keys for Arena, which would have, you know, I don't know if creators would like that because they would just make them more <laughs> target rate. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. I think. Yeah, I, I think don't know a lot what that of hate is. Thing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of hate is because you know the key just said one thing and a different thing happened. But oh uh, yeah, because uh, there's like a, that would be that would have been even more marketing, but. This is the way. Maybe maybe they couldn't. I don't know. Maybe there's a limit on how many times you can do Twitch drops because you can't like. Because uh, I imagine you know as soon as wipe drops, they're gonna do drops again, right? Because they just did drops yes, for the event not too long yeah. ago. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So so <laughs> all of that to say. What about Arena itself? Okay, well, I have not played it, so... I went... And this is... <laughs> I think I posted this. This is, like, the frustrating part for me. Is I have to I have to sit here, watch these streams, listen to all these opinions, and I can't formulate my own. I just... Like, I kind of can, but I want to, like, actually go in there mm-hmm. and get my hands in the mud, you know, and play around. But I can't. So for yeah. me, that's, like, the most frustrating. And it's kind of put me off from watching any Tarkov arena content, honestly. Um, besides, yeah, like, yeah, the, almost the, spoiling the quick it, drive-bys. Like, yeah. Hot takes. Almost spoiling, like, you know, 
trying to do it yourself and like choosing stuff, whatever. I just don't want to sit there and watch someone play, you know, four hours and, you know, me like source information through that and try to like formulate my own opinion, mm. you know, I just. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I would say just from a, just from a starting point, like the core game works like well enough. It's it's fine. But the systems around Arena certainly need changing. If it's going to have longevity. I mean, as to be far honest, as like progression. Yeah. No progression and all that stuff for the main game. Like for the tournaments, it doesn't really matter, right? Like they're just going to be, if they do it the way that they've done it like now. Because tournaments, <laughs> tournaments and like competitive games in that sense are less about like progression and other stuff. They're more about like being skilled and getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's trying to test. It's a test skill. Yeah. Was, so, yeah. You could run, like, whether people would or not, but you could run Tarkov Arena fine with rebalancing the, the kits and just giving, like, kit you know, specification of, like, you can use these presets and that's it. And, like, it would be okay. I think the, the problem is really the base game and how ordinary players interact with it and how progression works. There are some really fundamental problems with. How it functions. Um, so I don't really know where to. What, what's the best place to begin? But I'm gonna pull out this graphic here. Can you walk me through what the different things mean? So let's start with let's start with rubles. That's, so I see there's rubles associated with each kit. Correct. So how how does how does the rubles affect the game? How does that work? Arena is currently not connected to base Tarkov. Mm-hmm. We don't know what that does yet. We don't know how much you can transfer. We're not sure if you can transfer back. We have no idea. Currently, you start with 1.2 million rubles. Hmm. You, um, you start with 1.2 million rubles. You spend rubles on the kit. So you, you press go. You press, like, I want to play the game. Okay. <laughs> and then it says what map you're playing. Because you can pick multiple maps to queue into if you want to, just to get faster games. You can, pick, you can just pick all five. Tells you which map you're going to be on. And then you get presented with the preset screen. You pick a preset and you pay from your Ruble Bank for one of the kits. You then play the game. If you lose, you lose the loadout, I guess. Um, You don't make any money. If you... I don't think you make anything. If you win, you get the cost of your kit reimbursed minus some weird fee. Right, BSV. Plus you make actual Rubles based on... A, the win, but also, like, how many kills you get. So typically, oh. for, like, regular win, I think I'd be making, like, 60k. <clears throat> if I just, like, stomped the enemy, because my kit's, like, higher tier, and everyone was low tier, and I just ran over them, and got, like, 15 to 2, then I would be making, like, 120k. So... So, basically, at the beginning, any kit's worth, like, 100k or less, if you have a 50% win rate, your ruble count is just going to go up, strictly, pretty much. You have to like lose a lot to mm-hmm. lose money at the start. The kits get more expensive as you go down the tree. So eventually, even a 50% win rate won't cut it, which is kind of weird. Like yeah, so you can't run say, the end kits forever. There's a baseline assumption, at least in my head, that you're going to have to play economically efficient sometimes. Like, I, you know, you, you can't run. I don't know how much the kits go up to, but I assume you just won't be able to run 
the most expensive kits 24 7 right yeah i don't think so i think they go up to maybe somewhere around 200 i'm not sure like i'm not that far down the trees myself so it's hard mm-hmm. to know um what's weird about the preset list that you're looking at there mm-hmm. is that there's that's tab number one is this on the are you looking on the wiki yeah that's tab number one which is the rating tab so the rating tab is kits based upon your actual mmr or your arp as it's called in this so until you rank up you you can't use those lower kits and ranking up is quite hard so those kits are basically just like locked off for most people and you i guess the way you unlock them is this little progress bar is via your arp right well arp I, I guess that's like what it's representing but i mean arp is it, as it is your mmr it's like plus 25 when you win minus 25 when you lose so it is like you do have to go from you know slightly equivalent dota going from like 2k to 3k mmr and then you can yeah. use like some new heroes or whatever it's like right. kind of weird so that's like unrealistic for most people to actually use those presets to level well yeah, sorry, but what's the value in these? Is there really not, just more options or something? Just more options, like very okay. little. Because okay. the real the real game right now is in the other four tabs. Right. CQB Assault, Gout, and Marks. These ones, you get EXP, as well as ARP. So you get ARP for you know winning and losing. It's your sure. MMR ELO. The other ones, you get experience. Like in, a lot of people have, um, and they're, they're right, a lot of people have referenced it to like World of Tanks. Or War Thunder. Yeah, I'm not familiar um, with that, but I've, I've seen those yeah. references, yeah. So the way that the other tabs work is that you have to play with that kit once you get enough experience. And you can see... I find the, the fact the experience bar is on the next kit a bit weird. But anyway, so once you fill the experience bar up on the next kit, mm-hmm. that kit unlocks and you can play with it. This is irrespective of rank. So in this example, if I'm on Stargazer, which is a revolver shotgun flechettes and a yeah. and a m2 rig if the next one down directly down is farmer with a shotgun express or to the left is chappy with a tx15 mm-hmm. uh, now farmer says twenty two thousand three hundred xp chappy says 24 700 so if i play a stargazer which gets leveled which takes it priority them both okay and then once farmers unlocked I still have to keep playing Stargazer to unlock Chappie. Right? Yeah, but Chappie okay. doesn't go anywhere. Sure. So nobody's playing those ones. Yeah, that is one thing that's kind of odd is... I mean, I guess, I guess you get the option, but like, even so, it feels very niche because you can't actually change during the match, mm-hmm. so to speak. So it feels very like, niche. Maybe the value costs- of it is... Yeah, they cost they cost money. They money as well. So yeah. maybe maybe there's a value there, but maybe. But like, yeah, they, you know, those things are really over only any value once you've unlocked like the whole tree. Sure, because un- your main goal is to get something good, right? Really, yeah. So people are like picking the like a line that goes near to the bottom. It doesn't have to go to the <laughs> bottom, right? It doesn't necessarily mean it's the best, but you know, people are picking a line that goes down to the bottom. The one that people <laughs> are picking at the minute um just to basically to troll and i've been running this line too is cqb you go from attic which is a semi-auto sag ak with t down to the fully auto ak-74u with t down to blackjack which is just the blackjack Mm -hmm. is really weird on the far left 
Magic is the M4 with the 100 round mag, but it's got terrible ammo. So, and you've got like a class three helmet with a class three face shield and the class four armor on, yeah. which is really powerful against anybody in tiers one and two. The problem is it's like, it's the most binary kit that you can imagine. Anybody's running a kit lower than you, you just completely steamroll. Anybody who's running a kit higher than you, you just instantly die. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Which is so weird, right? Best, like, I was, yeah. yeah, I played against somebody with M80 and I was just, that was it. I was just dead. Like, that's I couldn't hear funny. him. I couldn't shoot him. I couldn't kill him. And he just toot at me. But, but against all the other people, I played like one of those rounds and I played six other. Let's put it this way, right? I played 30 games and I went precisely 50 50. I had exactly 1,500 ARP. I unlocked Blackjack, and I won six games straight in a row. That wasn't my skill. Mm-hmm. It was definitely the kid. I, like, I could take on two, if not, like, some of the times I died because I tried to take on literally three players from the enemy team simultaneously, and it was close. And that was when I was dying. Like, I could easily take on two players with lower kits. Of the same skill level as me, like they say, they were the same like skill players as I am. I could easily kill two of them on my own with that kit if they were just using literally anything below what I was using. Because I have like class three on my face, and most people are using like T green tracer, all sorts of stuff. The one I did get caught at, I got caught up by some guy on the scout path using AP six point three, and he one shot me through the helmet. Which is, you know, fair enough that happens. But like most of the ammo just like can't go through. It just you just can't die. You got class four on. Against half of these things, like people are using like T rounds in a semi auto AK. It's like, you're just never going to kill me. And meanwhile, I've got a hundred round drum going, just literally just like mini gunning the map, you know, like the Dawn of War introduction with the dreadnought comes out the fog of war. And it's just like it, turning the uh, M4 into an LMG. It's crazy. And it wall bangs and like it's, it's just mad. They, they actually nerfed it slightly, but all they did was they gave it the slightly worse ammo. Well, I wonder if they did that because it has 18 pin versus 20, and I wonder if 20 Mm -hmm. is a threshold for, like, pinning through walls or materials or something. I don't know, though. Yeah, some people had speculated about that. I haven't tested it. I'm not sure whether it still works. I don't really know. I'm not sure if I want to give them that much credit. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, You brought up an interesting thing that I kind of want to explore before we keep delving further into this Mm -hmm. tree is in regards to how Arena works. You mentioned that you you know it's the most binary kit because you either punch down or you get punch the one that's being punched down, and how does the match you know I think I mean I kind of know this answer but how does the matchmaking work because um, you know I can clearly see an issue where yeah how does the matchmaking work how do you think it works it's purely on ARP at the moment okay so in the first days. Kit leveling happens much faster than ARP progression. Right. The it's a classic. Yeah. So assuming, and you do get different numbers of points. Like there have now been, now that some people are getting up to like C tier. How much? You sorry. do get different numbers of points. It's not just 25 plus 25 minus 25. It does start to scale. But for the majority of people, we haven't seen that yet. How much XP on average do you get per victory? Let's say. I think it was about 8,000. Oh, wow. That's a lot. You get a 3k for a loss-ish, and about 8k for a win. So you do slowly level, even if you're losing. Obviously, you have to be able to make money, too. Some people got really unlucky and just got dinged by people in, like, tiers 3 and 4, like, literally from the start. Because the the ARP is 
so slow. It's a classic MMR system, right? So say everyone's equal skilled-ish, plus 25, minus 25, we're not going to account for any, like, changes in, you know, points because mm-hmm. of, like, up and down scale ratings. To get a thousand, um, you know, ARP, you need to play 100 games with a 70% win rate. Is how, they, how the math works out. So to go 500 ARP, you need to play 50 games with 70% win rate. So, like, obviously anybody with a 50% win rate is going to just stay where they are. Um, but the kits progress really quickly. So you can get to tier yeah, that's three and four weird. quite fast. So you end up playing people at 1500 ARP. Like, it's a bit like me, right? Like, I was just at 1500 ARP, just, like, messing around with different kits. I started with the scout line, and then I actually changed. I'd moved across to the other one, but I didn't think it would matter because I was still with everybody else. So I started again with Attic, and it was fine. <laughs> but as soon as I hit Blackjack, I was still at 1500 ARP, and I hit this huge power spike. And then mm-hmm. jumped to like 1650 pretty much immediately. So I was just like running over people. Um, but presumably, as time goes on, that's going to diminish. Maybe, yeah, it depends. But um, so, yes, exactly. Like in the early days, it was kind of worse because you had probably the greatest number of people who, like, whose ARP was like um, artificially low based on their kit because they'd only just unlock the kits because the kits go too quick compared to ARP, which is too slow. But they were still like lowish tier, and like some people got unlucky. And I was talking to some people in chat, like they got unlucky, and they were basically like fighting tier four people the whole time and ran out of money. Yeah, as I say, because there's another element which is you know we're talking about XP progression, how it relates to rank, and now money and how it relates to rank. Yeah, in addition to XP progression, so like, so yeah, there is no scav in this, right? Well, there is sort of, but it's not like scav is scav in Tarkov is free money because the goal is to survive. The goal in arena is to win, and the only way to scav is to go in with the the free TT kit, which means that you're probably unlikely to win. So you don't win any money. Yeah, <laughs> you just get you basically just get dicked till you find a game that's like uneven enough, or you get you know you just like wander around and pick up other people's weapons until you can finally win a game. So then you can run one of the better kits again, so you can then hopefully win the next one. Oh wait, so you you start at a thousand ARP? You start at fifteen hundred. Oh, see. Okay, whatever. It's just weird that you get these down. Whatever. Yeah. So you yeah. have a TT and a Taz to work with. Yes, yeah, so you can pick either of those for free. But then, like, obviously, people are turning up on your team with the Taz, and you're like, well, it's basically 5v4 now. So uh, you're more likely to lose. Yeah. Like, there's this sort of like downward spiral. <laughs> uh, doesn't seem good. It's a bit weird. Yeah, because like, damn, it, like it, it just, this is kind of the issue for me is like it almost doesn't feel great for like skill testing environment, like rank play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could argue like, you know, just one tap them low, but I just, I don't know, dude. It just doesn't feel great because yeah. there's like an economic side and then, you know, which is like kind of like outside the game, like unrelated to the actual gameplay. Yeah, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. kind of. I said kind of, but anyways. And then you have like this progression system that's like effectively a time sink, um, but also like it basically gives you more options, options that you previously didn't have access to, which is a pretty big power spike in general. Like just that conceptually is is a big power yeah. spike. And then you have matchmaking based off rank, which doesn't account for rubles or. XP discrimination, discriminates. Yeah, the minute it's just ARP. So there's like, 
I don't know. It just it just it feels like there's a lot going on, and I have concerns. That's mm-hmm. what I'm. So there's saying. so there's more stuff now. So this you, we've we've looked at the bottom end of progression. Now, if we if we turn our attention to the top end of progression, because you know I'm in a lot of the conversations as well with people who you know I see a lot of the feedback. I've read a lot of it, and it makes more sense once you're playing. So imagine that you did get in early. And you did play a lot. And you played a lot in a five stack as well, because there is no solo queue versus um, team queue right now, right? Yeah. So say you, because a lot of the guys were like, hey, this is going to be fun. Well, you know, we played in the closed testing, so we'll be able to get up to, you know, we'll be top 100 in the world. How fun will that be? <laughs> right? So those guys went together in a five stack and, you know, jumped and jumped on all the Timmies for, you know, let's say 10 games, won all of those, got to like 1700 ARP, started getting matched against people who were a, a bit better or other teams. And rank their way up to, you know, wherever. I mean, I'm not even sure what the max ranks are at the minute. Probably like 3,000 ARP or something, maybe higher now. I don't know. Issues then, once you reach the top there, you push your way all the way down the progression tree and you pick one of the meta loadouts. That's fine, right? That's okay. So you're, you're able to fight against the other teams. You firstly now start having this problem where even if you're a 50-50 win rate, you start running out of money. So everybody's running out of money. Oh, really? At that tier. Unless you're winning, like, still at 70%. So unless right. you're, like, Landmarks, team, or whoever, you start, like, not being able to compete against the top teams. They're the ones who have all the money. You, you actually end up having to queue against them because you're at the same rank. But you have to pick, like, the tier lower kit because you don't have enough cash to queue against them because they're better than you. So you end up playing with worse kits than the people who are better than you. So you lose even more. So that's that's one problem. Oh, so it starts growing exponentially, effectively. It's sort of, so it's sort of like yeah, like it's it's the classic Tarkov thing, right? It's like the rich get richer and the you know yeah, who, the, who the can... skilled get richer and the less skilled get poorer, kind of thing. You need someone to equally be as skilled as Landmark's team, but who is going to be equally skilled and in that same position because they got yeah. an early start? They also have more options available. Mm. Whereas if you're just starting out, let's say let's say hypothetically in a vacuum, you are more skilled than Landmark's team, you know, you and your your squad. But you're just starting out, so you have an AK five four five versus <laughs> Landmark's. I don't well, know. Well, but you wouldn't RPK. be at the right ARP, right? So you'd still go. You'd still go down the tree first. Well, you'd let's, still have to go down the tree. Sure, but like let let's assume that you you are that good and you win like ninety percent mm. of your you you rank up okay. to yeah. That's, that's that's all I'm saying is like it just yeah. It's just weird because the other, there's the like other a time side of it, sink right? into it. It's just so weird. There is, yeah. The other side of it is, so you like hyper-focus down on your one kits to get to the highest ranks, right? Because you're going to win more games if you have a better kit, obviously. Yeah. Now you're fed up of pl- playing Brigadier. So uh-huh. you want to swap to another line. How exactly <laughs> are you supposed to do that? Just swap, lol. Yeah, you're still 3,000 ARP. But now you have to swap to the MP5 with no stock, 20 rounders with AP 6.3. So you basically then have to just effectively just lose the next 50 games or something. Slowly grind experience in the first kit of another line. Like, if you don't level the kits evenly, you just can never swap. Cannot, you can't ever swap again because your kit just isn't competitive at your ARP. And everybody else your ARP I... is certainly you're going to be using a better kit than you if you try to swap line. I guess. It's really crazy. I guess. I mean, one argument I can make is like, you know, when you do want to swap, you can only swap whenever you're trying to be conservative on money. But then there's this weird dichotomy where it's like, okay, I'm gonna sit, I'm gonna like 
you know, basically lower my power level to save some more money, but I'm losing my chances of making more money. Yeah. The issue here is that it's ARP only matching. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. And if they matched by gear kit score, because is it called MP? Does it say there? I can't remember. It's like I'd have to open the game up. Uh, on I think the it screen might be called, it like, doesn't, but MP or something. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I think only on the game. It, There's like a gear slides. score for each kit, but that doesn't really seem to be used right now. Is the issue? Yeah, I'm just talking about that. It's like MP, whatever that means. Yeah. So. If it was ranked by, it's it's a bit like again we'll go back to like World of Tanks, right? So World of Tanks, you have like tank tiers from like one to ten, for example. If you are a tier four tank, you can make match made with tier three tanks and tier five tanks. So no matter what you do, no matter how skilled you are, you'll never be ranked with a tier ten tank in a tier four tank because it's stupid, because you won't ever be able to kill it. You literally won't ever be able to damage it. Yeah. Like, right. Right. This game is it's the same it's got the same idea. So it, you, sure. you need both you need both skill-based matchmaking and gear score matchmaking. Because otherwise rank mode is also just exclusively the top kits only. Like you just won't be able to like afford to play anything else if you want to win, which is kind of dumb. Um and the rest of the kits are just kind of filler until you get to the top end kits. But yeah, it also means that you can't like swap over. But if you swapped over and you're playing against like I don't know skilled people who've got like higher ranks. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that exactly, but that's the that's the way it would need to be done to make it actually work. Because you'd need to be, let's say you're again, you say you're in tier one kits or tier two kits, you need to be only ranked up to like tier three or four kits at most. Um, whether that would work or not, like whether there'd be enough people playing at those tiers, I mean, maybe I don't know. Um, but it would also mean that you could play at those levels later on as well. Like maybe there'd be a different leaderboard for different, you know, tiers or whatever, not just like one leaderboard for everything together it'd be like you know scav tier loadout or like you know mid tier loadout and like high tier loadout it'd be like maybe a different leaderboard for each each style or something a bit like boxing or whatever you know you've got like different like heavyweight versus you know featherweight whatever like different like categories because just having one rank doesn't really make sense in the way that it's it just is done and yeah yeah just like the gear score thing not being used i mean it's, it's in there so they obviously have plans for it well, like it's in the there's... game arguably it's working but there's not enough player base to support it maybe there's like a hierarchy i mean this this is what i speculate but you know you have like first priority is like region or like ping whatever and then maybe. second priority is maybe um <coughs> uh you know i don't think i don't know if they're doing this but like queuing size maybe it's like get the matches queue times low you know duos of duos squads of squads whatever and then maybe it's like rank and then maybe it's you know gear i don't know but if yeah. who knows do you know what the funny thing is right i have accidentally ended up playing in the most fun way i've actually quite a lot of fun with arena right I, I, I know that i've been pointing out the flaws with the systems and stuff and i do think these things need to change because they're not they don't really work right now right but i've ended up actually having probably the most fun with the game because i haven't played with anybody yet that I, I played to get i played with like one or two random people um in like off stream on stream i've only played with randoms so far and i've redone my tree once so i got to i i did the first two kits in in scout and then i swapped to cqb and did the first two kits in cqb and i think if you want to maximize your fun you're actually probably better off doing it like that like get to tier three in this one then this one and this one, then this one, then this one. Then go to tier four in this one. 
this one, this one, this one, this one. Because otherwise you get like, you just get too far down the kits and you can't swap ever. And also if you're playing with a squad, you then need to play with a squad forevermore. Because all the squads will win more, so their ARP will go up. You're only going to be playing against people who are, you know, communicating. Like, uh, I'm not intending to be a pro player. So, mm. to me, it doesn't really matter. Like, half the time, my team doesn't even VoIP. Like, we're pretty much just every man for themselves. Like, I've been trying to communicate a bit more in my games just using the in-game radio. Because it does actually work quite well. But, um, yeah, like, if you start off on the sweaty line, live by the, live by the sweat, die by the sweat, basically. And because I've been taking it very casually, I've actually ended up like having more of a fun time. Like as I said, I only just reached that one kit that I would say is like kind of broken, and only then have I actually gone up ARP at all. The rest of the time, it's like I've been TK'd by my team. People have been like killing each other. People are just like, oh my god. There's like the spectator mode. It, it gives me just incredible levels of just anxiety watching other people play <laughs> the number of times there's like one there's one that i actually probably will clip it and put it as a short like i'm literally just like dying Spectre, i'm trying to talk to chat but i'm so distracted by watching this guy heal like yeah. heal both of his arms with a cheese and then leave his thorax orange <laughs> and he that didn't have any players. more meds for it and i was just i was just like watching the screen i was just like i can't believe what i'm witnessing here like this person they're literally going to heal their other arm now aren't they i was like no, please, no. And then he's just like wandering around the map with an orange thorax. Well, I'm, like, I'm sure he just hit four. He didn't act, or whatever probably. it's bound to. He didn't. Probably. But even still, I was just like, I can't. I can't watch this. This is painful. It's like watching, you know, your grandmother use the computer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, but that's one that's thing my that advice. I... That's my advice. Yeah, that's my advice. Play solo and try to level the kids evenly if you want to have fun in this situation. But yeah, what were you saying? They they should absolutely make matchmaking. If you're queuing as a five stack, I don't think you should queue into five solos. I think that's no because that doesn't happen in um, in mobas for good reason. Yeah, it's well, it's just like a totally imbalanced um, matchup. You know, you got mm-hmm. five randoms trying to communicate versus like you know a cordon, a some cohesive group. Most likely, it's just not exactly. Same goes for like if you're a duo, you know, you should also get matched with another duo and so, you know, whatever. That just Yeah, I think that's a little Yeah. They need to fix that because there's there's that's gonna like heavily skew the um, you know, system immensely mm-hmm. if that goes on unchecked. Yeah. Oh, you wanna see yeah. the line that I'm that I'm you know, wanting to go down if eventually probably in the year twenty twenty four when I get access? Uh yeah, which one which one would you like to do? So I I looked up your spreadsheet, which by the way, kudos, shout out to the Giga spreadsheet. It's really, really cool, really useful. And I typed in filter by STM. <laughs> and there was two options. There's one that I think you get via ranked, the rank kits okay. or whatever. And then the other one is this one down here. Where's it at? The the Olympus STM with a <laughs> looks like it's an ACOG. It's the scout line. Owl, cowboy, into Echo, into Mosquito, mm-hmm. into Wiper, into Olympus. And it's a Gazelle STM9 with PBB, which isn't bad. 33 rounder. It's some weird looking STM. Like, oh, yeah. But that's the one. I'm probably going to like. Amazing. I don't know. I guess I can't take the RMR off and attach it to the. No, I can't. So I have to like just. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. 
Hopefully, mm. it's got a late. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, maybe I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I might hate myself too much. I want yeah. a red dot. I don't want to use an ACOG on it. It's just not fun. Has it got an RMR on top of it? It might it be. It does, but I don't think it has the base. Because don't you need a base to put it on? To oh, rail? Could use, do you not want to use it on top of the ACOG? Like, it's okay, right? Uh, it's not ideal. It's not ideal, no. Olympus but, comes isn't that the story the of... Sure, someone's saying. What? Someone said, um, pretty sure Olympus comes with a hollow in the rig. What does it say on my spreadsheet? Oh. It does. It's very limited. It's just the gun, the ammo, one of the armors. Does it have a grenade and like one of the meds? Usually, it, if it has an extra. Oh, like, I'm sorry. I'm looking at you said spreadsheet. Sorry. Yeah, if it has an extra thing, it usually says in my. Unless I got it wrong. Oh yeah, so it says ACOG plus RMR slash UH1. Okay. So it's got a UH1 as well in the bag. That's kind of what the the, the thing is. Like with this sheet, I was like. I half tempted to make it like slightly more e easy to use, but I was like, you know what? To hell with it. People will figure it out. It was a lot of work anyway. I did it for me. Yeah. So it's kind of in like my own shorthand kind of thing. So like if it says like, you know, ACOG plus RMR, that means they're together. If oh, okay. It's slash something else, that means that it's in the bag. <laughs> Got it. I didn't really explain this, but people can always ask me if they're confused. The thing is, like, most people who are looking at this probably can also go in and see the game. So like once you can go in and see the game, then it matters less because you can just go and see what I mean. But yeah, obviously, if you don't have access, then it makes it a bit more tricky. So yeah, there is a, a UH1 in the back. Oh, there's a patch for Arena. I didn't even have my launch open. One interesting thing that came to mind is, which you kind of like touched on a little bit, we saw a little bit in the tournament, and I imagine it's going to be... Someone's going to figure it out, but I imagine one way to like get around... This probably isn't going to be relevant for like pro, for like professional play, but for the sake of like public play for squads, probably mm -hmm. one thing you could do is one of these low tier, low cost kits. Um, probably has an attachment or two on there that's like very useful for another kit mm. <laughs> that one of your teammates. Could, so you could be like the sacrificial lamb and just like dump all of your useful stuff to your teammates, and then you're sort of like you know the one that's in the rotation to like be the one that gets carried. Because you need yeah. money or you need whatever, you know. I'm sure there's probably ways of doing it. Um, I did see, like, you know, there's, there's some things that I pointed out that lend themselves to that a little bit. Like the Surf Kit, the VSS one, has a, a Valdate on it, but it also has an OKP7 in the yeah. backpack. Yeah, yeah. So stuff like that, like, you can give the Valdate to someone else. Like, you're probably not going to use it on the VSS. So if someone else has got, like, the SCM with the ACOG on it, it's like, oh, you can just have the Valdate then. If they're using Olympus, you'd probably rather use the Valde than an ACOG plus RMR, probably. Um, but it depends, right? And then some of them have only got, like, um, like the Ajax has only got a red dot, and it's quite a rough one as well. So you could take that off, and you could use the Valde on that instead. So, like, there's, there's options. There are, like, mix and match options. One thing I was doing, so the Blackjack is weird, because it's the base M4, pretty much. Um, it, the one with the 100-rounder. So it's got the regular gas block, like, iron sight front post combo which is annoying which is why it's got a canted sight on it in the first place so that's like kind of weird it's got a canted and like a laser but what i was doing was i was removing the carry handle at the beginning of every raid and then if i ran into somebody with a scope that was like relatively high i could actually do that i did some in raid modding on air pit which was hilarious and i put somebody's which... elcan uh sorry eotech holographic blackjack is the one after it's in the cqb kits the third one along the one with the hundred rounder 
It goes like attic. Oh radar, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yes, so yes. So, okay. it's, so it's got a weird canted um, red dot. So I was right. throwing the carry handle off the M4. Yeah. And then I ran, and then I ran into somebody who I think they had champion or something, and so I took their EOTech hollow, and I stuck that on top of my gun instead, and used that rather than the canted mount because it was a bit easier to use. Um, and there was something else that I did as well. I can't remember. It was like it was quite funny, like running around, especially if you don't have a helmet. For example, you can run in, like you kill somebody, and then you just take the helmet straight away. Or like, um, yeah, I like chucked when I was against somebody slightly higher tier. I knew there was only like one guy left. And he had M80 or whatever. Like threw my kiver with the face shield on the floor and like picked up a like tin helmet with some sword ins instead. Like the one v one at the end, like stuff like that. I think those those things are cool. They're like the quirks that I was looking for. I think yeah. outside of those quirks, and there's not very very many of them. Like the game's quite lacking in quirks, and I love quirks. Quirks is like partly why I play it. <laughs> there's just not enough quirks for me to like you know fiddle around it feels like too many of the quicks been ironed out like I, I almost wish that lots of people have talked about the progression system about the kits about if there was more freedom i do agree mm-hmm. that like a a points-based preset system would be actually really hard to balance it's doable but it's just much harder than having like preset kits if they're not going to do that i almost wish that you could have like variants like each kit would maybe have like a different variant you can maybe have like three or four variants of the same thing with like different different items or whatever i don't really know Outside of that, I mean, this is like a much bigger topic that I'm just going to open up here. I think there's two ways broadly that the game could go. Because at the minute, it's way too basic, especially in the tournament setting. <coughs> the first way is you buy, maybe not your loadout, but like you buy stuff every round, like CS, a CS style system. So you win money after every round and you purchase things. So maybe you do buy your base kit right at the beginning. And that's like, it is super basic it's like your it determines your gun and maybe maybe your starting armor or whatever like maybe you do purchase that but then as the rounds progress you can like upgrade with different sites or different ammo or different armor or whatever i don't know like you know like in cs you know so it then adds this like economical overlay because like right now the tournament mode there is no econ at all mm-hmm. and it's it's just the pure play and it could be more interesting right there's no there's no macro to it there's no like econ so that's a little bit dull I think that's probably the best way to go, but that's not the way the game's set up. So I think it's unlikely that BSG takes it that direction, but they could. Like, you imagine, like, yeah, by you get an extra grenade, or maybe, like, you win, like, points. Maybe it doesn't even need to be money. Maybe you just, like, you know, you win every kill, you get an extra point or something. Every, every like, say every kill and every, like, objective, you get, like, one extra point. So that means you can get, like, one more grenade or one more stim of your choosing or, like, whatever. I don't know. So that's something like that. The other way that it could go is more mobile-like. Because right now... Both teams blind pick into each other. Yeah. And you don't even get to see who's on, like what's on your team. Like obviously you can talk. If you're in a five stack, you can tell each other and pick something. But you don't get to see anything of what they choose. So the other way is okay, if you can't change your kits during the game, then I think it should have a and I've talked about this a lot. I think it should have a draft. Two bands, two picks, maximum of two presets per team of the same type. You don't oh. need to you don't need to preclude like each side having the same kit as each other necessarily you could but i don't think it's mm-hmm. necessary but i do think you should probably have like a max of two it doesn't need to be unique but a max of two i think would probably be okay um and it'd be like picks and bands so some of the most busted yeah. presets get banned out by yeah. you know the people who don't want it it's just exactly the same as dota or, or right. League. and i think those are the two ways that the game could go broadly like either cs economy round to round like purchases which is probably more interesting or a, mm. a drafting type system i'm not sure know. I like I like the drafting stuff because, like in theory, yeah, some teams may, you know, have a preference. Like I don't know, maybe one 
maybe one team has, has someone that likes using this particular kit that's you know kind of like a uh unique mm. you know standout maybe it's like a acmx or something well you could ban that going into them mm. um yeah, I don't know. But then you're giving up probably you're giving up that unique slot for two or three other meta slots that you probably want to ban for the yeah. regulars. But anyways, I, I like well maybe I like even the both. Stuff. Who knows? Yeah, maybe there's a base kit. It limits the amount like what guns you can have. Each kit has its own like little mini like tree within the game. I mean, we're talking about like super complicated systems that are like yeah nowhere <laughs> near like even remotely hinted at being included, which is why I've like tried to keep it basic. But like it could be, you know, there is there are possibilities for this to be an amazing game set because of what Tarkov has in terms of money, in terms of loadouts, in terms of customization, in terms of whatever. Like right now, we don't have any of that. Like the game functions and is fine, but we don't have any of the benefits that you get from base EFT really. Like the loadouts almost exclusively are ones that you'd never use. It's been interesting using like sites and stuff that I just like don't ever pick up. That's been kind of fun in some sort of weird. Like, I'm a Tarkov player through and through kind of sense. Like, oh, this time I'm using the Aimpoint Pro or whatever, or the Aimpoint Micro T1. I'm just like, I never, ever use these in the game. Like, why would I? Because they cost, like, 30k. Um, and at the beginning of the game, I never buy them. And later on, I just buy the EOTech. So it's, yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. But yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's a way of doing it that's more interesting, has more layers. Because right now, there are not really any layers. It's just like, Skill in the game. Here's the kits that are good. You blind pick into each other, and then off you go. It's like the the shell is there, yeah, which is fine. And the shell is like okay. I mean, lots of other people will complain. There's you know, desync is still in the game, obviously, but that's in every game. Audio can be problematic in some places, but I mean, this is EFT we're talking about. So is anyone surprised? Like you know, the usual problems from base Tarkov are there as well, and amplified because all you're doing is fighting. Um, but like it works as well as we thought it probably would. But yeah, like these other systems need to be redone. Progression needs to be redone, and the actual like game format I think needs to be redone. And I don't really care how they do it. I just want like I just want an interesting overlay over the whole thing. As I said, either like yeah, a mobile route or a F, like a, a Counter Strike route. I don't care really. I don't really care how they do it. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there's some. You know, I don't know, lacking, but it feels like there could be improvement on that end. Because there's a lot of, you know, depth and interesting stuff about Tarkov, so it kind of feels, you know, mm -hmm. unsatisfactory to it be reduced to, let's all run VSS. <laughs> yeah, all VSSs or all MP9Ns, because we're in the lower tier. Yeah, so. it's just kind of like, eh, not super interesting. I mean, you get to see the cool flicks and stuff, but... I guess the other thing would be to talk about the game mode. I mean, how do you how do you feel about the game as I've seen? Like, I've seen, well, in, in conjunction with this, like, I saw, like, Hayes posted, a, like, a feedback video, or Deadly Slob kind of posted, like, a review video that I was talking about earlier because he gave it, like, a 6 out of 8 or something, <laughs> some weird metric. But still, he posted his own review, which was, like, a 4 out of 10. But how do you, uh, jumping back to the game mode, then, how do you feel about the game mode? Because I guess there's only one shootout right now. Is there's shootout and team fight. Shootout oh, what's is two v two or three v three, in like a more customized way. So, you, so in shootout you can have like three v three, like you can have like four teams of three in oh. shootout. 
really? play against each other in like a round robin. Oh, which is kind of cool. Interesting. Or to like, you know, lots of teams of two and stuff. So like, they've got like the full tournament system for that. I've not played any of those. A because it's not like the tawny mode. The tawny mode is going to be the five v five mode called team fight. That's the that's the main mode. That was the one that we saw the whole time in the in DreamHack. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing the other mode, if you have more than two teams, obviously, like half the time you're not playing. So I had absolutely no interest in playing that because I don't want to just sit there in the spectator area while other people shoot each other and I can't right. really see what's going on. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like, you spectate. So say you're on air pit, yeah. you actually are in the spectator stand on the side and you could just walk around like a Tarkov character. You could just watch, <laughs> but you can only see obviously one side of the map. And if you like start shouting too many voice lines or whatever, then like players in the actual game can just like headshot you over the balcony and kill you. What? <laughs> Which is That's kind of cool. They do lose money for doing that, but it is uh, quite funny. That's kind of funny, though. Yeah. yeah. But I, like, I have no interest in just sitting here Did watching the people play. There's I one. am not sure. I can't remember. But there's like weird items up there. There's like, it's just like, it's just like flavor stuff up there, right? It's like, there's like a bottle of like moonshine or like a bottle of vodka just on the table that you can just Man, like drink while you're only, watching the game and stuff. Only you could throw it like in Daisy or something. You know how fun that would be? <laughs> like toxic <I> fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some people are like, oh, you should get like, you know, occasionally you should get like a flash or something. You can just like oh, chuck yeah, like it a off flare the side. Gun, yeah, or something, something stupid, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, so I've just been playing 5v5. Um, there's other game modes that are coming that are, that are locked. One of them just says like, you're on your own. It sounds just like a free-for-all mode. And then there's another one which is like a PV, like PVE waves, like hordes of enemies mode. But they're, they're both locked right now, so we can't play them. So who knows, maybe that'll allow you to do the unlocks better in the PV mode. I'm, I don't really know. To like level up your kits and stuff without having to play ranked. I'm not really sure. But I mean, I think the 5v5 mode's fine. It just, as I said, it just needs more systems at the minute to make it more interesting rather than just like... The Duke out is fine on its own, right? That's just, that's the core gameplay anyway. Is five people go in and on each side and then kill each other. Like that's, that's the mode. That's well, the game. But yeah, yeah. it's well, the other about, stuff to make it more interesting. How you feel about the objective based part? Because like, well, like one thing that I don't like oh. about pure def, um, like deathmatch is it's. I mean, it's fine, but I just don't think it's as interesting as like having a physical objective in this in the space. Because like, like I was I've been playing COD and I was playing like team um, hardcore team deathmatch which, like, reduces your HP to, like, a tenth of what you normally have, so you die. Like, it literally any single bullet kills you. And because yeah. of that, it becomes Ooh. very campy. Yeah. And uh, what ends up happening is, like, if you're the team down, you can't just camp. You have to be aggressive, but you don't want to give them more points. So it's, like, it's not a great experience, in my opinion, whereas, like, having mm-hmm. an actual objective feels better because, you know, you're not getting punished for trying to like go there and die yeah right i think it's good it's better than just team deathmatch i'm not sure how i feel about the cleanup crew Mm -hmm. mechanic it's it's okay i i still think it would have been better rather than it being symmetric for it to be like attackers versus defenders like cs in some fashion like it wouldn't have to be i know hayes had a he proposed a game mode which was like you know, the one team has to get to a certain location and shoot off the flare or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's better at being symmetric. I'm not really sure. Like, I haven't thought about it too much, but like, it, it's fine because you do have to, you have to move and do the thing. It's like, you get a minute and a half to kill each other. 
then you get 45 seconds to capture the point. And then if neither team captures the point, the cleanup crew comes out and one team of you just randomly dies because the raiders come to you and they didn't come to the other guy. There's like, if you let it get that far, you're kind of letting RNG come in. You see what I mean? Like, and then if you manage to evade them for another minute, then the hard poison effect from the cultists comes in and you have to outheal the other guy if the raiders just like can't reach you for whatever reason or you stay alive. So eventually there is a timer on it and you just eventually succumb to the poison. So that's mm-hmm. like the ending time limit. I like the capture point thing though. Like mm-hmm. The capture point is good. It, it focuses the mind. It allows you to... like what's, what's kind of freeing about Arena is that in base EFT, I hate like camping because it feels pointless. You never know if anybody's coming. Sure. And I feel like it's a waste of my time. And I just, I don't do it for that reason, right? It's like, it's a waste of time. I, I don't care if people camp because it's a mm-hmm. legitimate strategy, but it's just, it just doesn't seem like a very efficient one to me to get your, to achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Arena, because you know that there's already people there, the idea is to kill them all. And there's an objective. You're already thinking about the objective when you start. So you're like positioning yourself like through the map as the timer ticks down. Okay, well, I need to be near the cap points. So it's like, you're actually okay to like camp because that's the point is to like win. You know they're going to go there and there's a timer. Yeah. So it feels okay to like sneak walk, crouch walk, whatever. I'm like much more cool with doing it in arena because it's like my objective is to win this round and I'm only going to be here for like three minutes at most. So that's fine. It's actually like made me much more comfortable with crouch walking in the main game because um, it just works so well. <laughs> Because uh, I don't normally do that because I get bored. But Arena's kind of like unlocked that side of me a little bit, which is cool. But yeah, like the, the cleanup crew thing, it's like, it's a bit too random. I wish that there was a bit more pressure to actually like do the thing. Because that's the thing about CS, right? If you both teams have a standoff and no one does anything, then the CTs just win, right? Because the terrorists mm-hmm. never plant the bomb and you just lose. So I feel that there should be the onus on one side to do the thing or lose. Because right now there's, a, there's quite a sort yeah. of... Um, you know, both teams are just going to sit here and do nothing kind of situation. Because, like, going in the cap point, it tells everybody that the cap's being capped by the oppo- opposing team, and you can use that information to sort of, like, mini-radar people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're like, near the cap point, and you specifically don't go in. Yeah. So, like, this is more <clears throat> this is more prevalent on maps with one point, but it's also valid for those that have two. If you go on ones where there's only one cap point, and you sit near it, but somewhere that's, like, not visible... And then you see enemy team capping, you can just like pre fire swing and kill them. Yeah. Because you know where they're going to be. Like they're yeah. going to be lying on the ground or behind this box. And a lot of them, there's just no cover in there in the points. I think it's almost, there almost should be a little bit. Um, but anyway, so there's that. Plus the fact that the cap point up until, well, up until just now, I was going to, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Up until now, has been seven seconds on all the maps, which is really short. So if you're, if you're not really, really thinking hard about it, you can easily get like somebody just sneaks in there and caps and that's it. You can easily be too far away. And you could argue that that's like part of the strategy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't be too far away. Yeah. Like part of just the way the game plays out. But it still feels quite quick. Um, and sometimes the game just ends prematurely because you're just unable to get there because, you know, one reason or another. And it feels like you don't really get a fair shot. It'd be like in CS if it's like bomb has been planted. And you're on dust too, but you're in like the, um, you know, the spawn away from the, the bomb site, whatever. You're in like the CT spawn, like, oh sorry, in the terrorist spawn, and you're like, oh well, I've just lost now because I can't reach the bomb in time. Like that's how it feels in in arena. 
Whereas in like, you know, you, you have the ability, you still have to push in. You're at a disadvantage because you're fighting into stationary people on CS, but like you have time to go in and do the thing. Whereas on Arena, there are like, there are areas on the map where as soon as it says enemy team is capturing, you've, you may as well just stand still. You've instantly lost. Like there's just no chance for you to get there. It's especially true on Sawmill if you're on the wrong side of the map. But um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's like, it, it's okay. It's all right. But the cleanup crew thing's a bit weird because of how random it is. And I think BSG quite like it though. Yeah, it's very on brand for BSG. <laughs> There's definitely going to be strategizing about like, you know, where the cleanup crew spawns, where they go. Like if, it's a, if we're going to be talking about like prize pool money. Yeah. You know, where, does yeah. The, where do they spawn? What's their like pathing like? You know, how do you avoid them the most? Like it's just going to be like AI cheese like it is always with this kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Which I think is probably the greatest detriment is that it's not very interesting for anyone involved, the player or the viewer experience, in my opinion. Because like you're you're in a situation where, you know, let's say it's a one v one, which happened a few times. It's just like mm -hmm. you don't want to go to the point because as soon as you go to the point, you're gonna get it done exactly as you described, where the guy is right there but he's not peeking the point. As soon as he sees a little notification, he peeks and shoots you and kills you. And, you know, it's just, it's not a good situation. So you sit there and stalemate each other, hoping that you don't burn each other. You, you can get some info on him before he gets info on you. And then the things come out. Let's, uh, I mean, you know, maybe, I just, I don't know. It's just, maybe once you learn the spawns, it won't be that bad. But like, ultimately, what BSG is trying to achieve is resolve the 1v1 team deathmatch stalemate. You know, mm -hmm. you both are like doing the smart strategic thing, which is playing it safe. There's zero. There's zero reason. Like it's it's the classic competitive mindset where it's like you know you do the the least risky thing that's going to gain you the highest net reward. I mean you can yeah. do the high risk high reward play, but those it doesn't often work out in your favor. It's just not worth mm -hmm. putting on the line. So they're trying to resolve that, and but the way to resolving it seems like the capture point, and then the goon squad, and then the radiation. I say Goon Squad, the cleanup crew. I just, oh yeah. Know. I think I think for competitive play, I would like a more objective oriented. It doesn't have to be, you know, CS copy. Hmm. Um, you know, doesn't you know? I don't you know? As much as I love CS the gold standard, I think you know, new ideas are always a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. And I I think they kind of got something interesting. I I almost just wish like the objective started sooner or maybe it was just like there to begin with um i i don't know but yeah maybe like maybe if the objective was there to start with but you had to have like multiple people in the point or something i feel like it would just be too easy to just i don't know maybe that's not true like the, the weird thing though is you end up like the play devolves down on certain maps to like you find there's certain maps where the point always gets captured and there's certain maps where like because the point is so exposed it almost never gets captured which is mm -hmm. kind of weird, right? And it's like, on those maps in particular, I think something needs to change, simply because, say you're in that 1v1 situation. Yeah. You're both near the point. You're both in, like, the meta location on either side of the point. As soon as you see that notification, you know the guy's going to be in there, and you're just going to walk around the corner and kill him, and he doesn't know where you're coming from. So you've got a huge advantage, and you've got peekers, and you know where he is. So both players sit still and wait for the AI, because if they try to push the cap point, they themselves will only have a 25% chance of surviving. 
Right. So both players are incentivized to stay still because if the cleanup crew comes out, they have a 50-50 chance of surviving. So it, that's why it ends up like devolving from a game theory perspective into just like, well, neither of us will cap and we'll just hope the other guy dies first for the cleanup crew or radiation because you can't yeah. go and get the point. I feel like maybe there's in, in those situations, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe like a longer point capture, but more cover around the point. Well, I wonder sense. if, I mean, this might be a really bad thing, but I wonder <laughs> if just not getting the notification is the solution. Like, it's kind of weird that, I don't know, in some ways, like, I like the idea, like, you look at the, you have to look at the arena to, like, see the scoreboard or, like, see how many is alive. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but then it's weird, like, you see a kill feed and then you get, like, notifications for, like, capturing points. I don't know, it feels like there's a little bit of, like, mismatch, but maybe that's just the compromise you gotta make. Yeah, but I, I wonder I if think like without the yeah, I don't know without the without the notification. Uh, I don't know. That would feel really weird. I think. Well, you'd have without. It means that you like have to play the objective, right? Like you have to watch it, like visibly, make sure that yeah. no one's sitting on it. I guess you'd be. I guess you just cap it. I suppose is the thing. Yeah, it's like you have you have to cap it, right? Yeah. Like a change, it, it may not actually make it any better, but it just changes the incentives. Yeah, <laughs> like it still may feel worse. But anyways, just just something I thought. Mm. No, that's interesting. There has actually just been a, a patch. They've just released a um, balancing patch, another one. So they've changed the. This is something people are talking about a lot before. So they actually have changed the capture time. So Equator, which is the smallest map, is now eight seconds from seven. Air Pit, Bay Five, and Bowl are now ten seconds from seven and sawmill is now 12 seconds from seven so this actually helps a little bit so the bigger the map the longer it takes to get the point kind of interesting um and then there's like a whole bunch of changes to different kits as well um i'm just gonna see if there's anything interesting there so oh my god uh they added a <laughs> added an a factor calamari I, don't, I can't remember which one calamari is tactical is a, a mp5 with a drum it had green tracer in it, and they've changed that now to Luger CCI. I guess that's a buff. Green tracer is like pretty much one of the worst rounds in the game, right? Because it doesn't do much damage, and it also doesn't pen anything. So at least now it's leg matter, I guess. Uh, oh, the Glock 18C pistol, they changed the 17-rounder to 21-rounders. That's actually a welcome change. That was a really toxic kit. I used that on the scout line to get to the next one, and I was just like, this is just so horrible. Got rid of a grenade off plant. Plantain is the the other first kit in Scout, which give, which has a Keda, so They got rid of the grenade off that. Um, see if there's anything else interesting. Reaper's like a really late tier kit, something that matters too much. Um, what else? Yeah, a lot of these are like really really late. Eraser Borealis. I'll look at these later. Um, Pharaoh. That was the one that was used in the tournament. That's an, an AK74. That one had the combo HHS hybrid sight. People were using that on Sawmill for like information, and now it's XPS three hollow, which is a bit better. I mean, yeah, most of these are quite late on, so I don't think it really matters that much. It's interesting that they've adjusted these ones, but not some of the early ones. Hmm, weird. I mean, they're still yeah, they're still balancing stuff. I think the most important one is the cap point one, though. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the big biggest fan of different. Seconds on different maps, but you know, it's very minor. Yeah, I don't think it matters that much. Well, it's just kind of like 
you have to like remember as Content, a player yeah. and as a spectator that the things are different. Like it's not yeah. it's not super easily consumable, right? Like another layer. it'll just be yeah it'll just be in the like you'll you'll see it in the thing like it'll i think it'll make sense because it's mostly the same and mm-hmm. i think it intuitively makes sense because the maps are bigger or whatever mm-hmm. i think that's i'll have to have a, like a little look through these other kits to see if that makes a big bigger difference or not because i'm not sure off the top of my because most of them i'm not used like i said a lot of these are oh they ah, i see i think they might be removing a lot of the ones with the hhs because a lot of people complained about it, because you know the three times is just kind of bugged. Like nobody uses that thing. What's bugged about it? I don't remember um, what the HHS you get, is. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the EOTech holographic with the oh, flip up three times. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's got just like increased. Yeah, just fix the scope, right? And it's got increased vis- visual recoil slash maybe actual recoil. I'm I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, it's like it's not nice to use. So yeah, there's there's one. Uh. Cowboy, which I think is the second in the marksman yeah. line. Yeah. I had an, I had an M1A with that on it and everyone hated it, but that's now got a ACOG on with an RMR. Which is a little better. So they seem to have gotten rid of all of the HHS sites from all the presets, which is good. Swap them out for something else. Yeah, Borealist as well, HHS one replaced with an Elkan Spectre. Solid. I mean, yeah, lots of people could complain about that, so I've seen a few clips of like inverse desync, which is very odd, where people are peeking and no one's there and then they die. And then you watch the kill cam and the guy's just holding the angle. Oh, which is very odd. Like, I, I've only seen a few. Like, I just saw one by Gina recently and then I saw one. I think it was Veritas. I don't remember. How would so. that work? I have no clue. And it's very is weird. Is that like, is that if somebody's not holding the angle? So you peek out, they're not there. Mm-hmm. And then you die because on their screen you peaked and then they peaked. So they still have peekers advantage, but you were the first one to peak. Does that make sense? No, they're not peeking at all. They're just holding an angle. Oh, really? This, they're not moving. Yeah, they're li- like, <laughs> I'll see if I can find. Okay, that's just totally busted then. Yeah, I've seen it. Like I said, I think I've only seen it twice, but the guy is just literally not there. Yeah. It's weird. Like I said, inverse desync. Like you can see the muzzle flash too. Oh, invisible players in the written now. I mean, it could be. It'd be a really sad bug. Maybe it is just invisible players. <laughs> but it's just so weird that you just can't see him. He does move out though, doesn't he? He's not stationary holding the angle. He does move. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right. You do see him. Oh, it's because he's. Bu- it's right. because they're. Bu- it's because they're both like cutting the corner. I think he's right there. Yeah, and so I think he's like slightly behind. So he's always just slightly behind cover because of the way that the two angles are working. Damn, it's like a weird, yeah, a phased version of Peak's advantage. They're really odd. That's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. I know some of the audio is a bit weird. I can't tell what's good or not about the audio because half the time I'm not wearing a headset. I'm wearing random headsets from different presets. I'm wearing a helmet with the ears covered, which I never, ever do in the base game. Um, I've heard people say that spectating audio is better. Like, whatever they're using for spectating audio, put that in the yeah. main game. What is that about? Can you explain that to me? 
And I, I'm not really, I'm honestly not sure, but I do know that if you're spectating, say you have a headset on you and you die and then you spectate someone in an alternate, you hear as if you had your headset on still. Oh, is that what they're referring so to? That's, so that's that. But then people are also just saying the spectator audio just seems to work better also as well in general, I believe. Oh. I'm honestly not sure. I don't know. But yeah, the audio is just super weird to me. Like when I went from no headset and no helmet and I picked up somebody's headset and helmet, I was like, oh, this is weird. This doesn't feel like better. Really? It just feels weird. But, but that might have been because it was like sword and stuff and like I never wear those. You see what I mean? It's like because yeah. each kit has got like a different... I wish you could choose your headset, honestly. <laughs> uh, like yeah, if it had a headset that, to be able to choose the headset, it'd be better. Like maybe not Contact 4s or something, but I don't know. Like maybe within groups or whatever cause, because some of the headsets are just awful, right? Like for a certain... There's a reason why we pick a specific one in Tarkov and there's yeah, a bunch of like, like 40k. right? Yeah, exactly. So... This so is you like, get like, oh, well, this kit I really like, but it's got, you know, it's got, it's got sword ins in it. And I'm like, I just, I just can't, I just, can't use sword ins. Like, it feels like a game of picking the, the least shit option, basically. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, it makes people use stuff that we wouldn't normally use and things. And that's the thing about Tarkov. And that's why Tarkov is so like solved because you have full creative freedom. And Tarkov then has the economic thing as well with the with all the other overlays of performance. But that's kind of how Tarkov like deals yeah. with it. But most people use the same stuff in EFT, right? Like most of the gear in the game is just unused. So Yeah, I mean Yeah. The caveat there being in late stage Tarkov, you do have like complete freedom. Early on you do have like limiting options. Like you still have to pick shit options, but like you get yeah, you Op- say you that though, but options. like, I still feel I don't use like ninety percent of the options that are like presented to me in base EFT. It's just like here's all your maybe this is sure. just a thing of experience, but it's just like I tend to use maybe like three. Like if I have to buy, I use like random stuff. But if I'm if I have to choose, I'll be like, oh, I will buy one of these three guns. I will buy one of these three pieces of ammo. I will buy this one particular piece of armor. If I don't have something else random in my stash, like, yeah, I'll like pick and choose from the random stuff. But like, if I'm buying items, it's like, I don't pick. It's the same thing with, it's with scopes, with like, well, with sites. I just don't choose any of the things that, yeah, as soon as I unlock the, like, I'll probably just use like, I don't know, the virus or something. And then the delta point forevermore until I have enough money to use the holographics the whole time. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I just tend to use very limited set of stuff. Um, even early, we like use random yeah. things like this. Why get use random things, and then I just use the G18C every single raid for Peacekeeper. You know that kind of thing. It's like it's, it's just very limited. Um, but you have options. Know, man. It's like What's you do have options, but uh, not necessarily that good. But like, mm. yeah, people use all sorts of different stuff. So that's not. Which yeah, I guess not, maybe not completely fair. Your take on? I've heard people say like, you know, every. It should just come with an innate headset. Like, do you think that's like legitimate or not? Hmm. I mean, I think it's well. Because on one hand, yeah. I mean, I kind of like what they're doing in a sense. Like, you know, oh, this kit has you know perks in this area, but it's lacking in this area. Whereas this kit, it has a headset, but its guns kind of crap. You know, like I kind of like that conceptually, but then like. You know, innately, I'm like opposed to it because I like my M2s headsets. You know, like I've I've never like 
when do you ever play with no headsets besides like the one time that you do play with no headsets when you're new or whatever you know what yeah I mean? exactly yeah it's weird it's kind of like counter to base tarkov which is which is what is like yeah that's, that's what's weird about it because mm-hmm. you go like yeah i never normally play without a headset so i feel like i'm really want to play a kit with a headset at all times otherwise i'm super scuffed but then when i'm actually better off playing no headset than i'm playing with like a headset i'm not used to is that is that yeah is that's, just that's bad right, or... right it's almost like it's it's been weird and almost good in some ways playing a bunch of kits without headsets and stuff to be like actually this isn't necessarily that terrible mm-hmm. or playing with the big hel- helmets and being like okay we're sort of slowly getting used to it i'd say it's it's really weird. I need to play a bit more to decide, I think. But I do think that the presets could have some customization. I think they could probably keep the base system that they have if they want to. But I do think they should be more like branches or more like versions within the same preset. Um, or maybe you get like a couple of, you know, you can swap one attachment for another or like you know, make make tweaks or changes. I think that'd be interesting without it being too hard to balance. Like to be to be a completely like freestyle, like pick your own loadout and you have, you know, 40 points to do so and the armor costs five and the this gun costs this and da, da. that's like the surefire way to like meta build meta loadouts i think because that's just like glorified ruble priest like kit money whatever in base tarkov right it's like oh you've got yeah 150k to make a, a loadout in base tarkov it's like the same thing i'm not sure if it's necessary to go down that route i always feel like there should be some things that are like fixed on the kit and there's like, yeah, maybe some stuff you can change. There's some sway. But some of the stuff you just have to use, like, yeah, like, like no headset. That's a feature of the kit. OK, you just got to deal with it. But I you mean, get all this other good stuff. Regardless of what you do, is it going to be metas either way? Yeah. I guess the question is, do you want players to have more agency in that area of creating their own, you know, something that's unique to them, I guess? Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think you can give some freedom without giving like full creative mode on the kits. Because I think if you do if you do that, then I mean maybe you could do that for like a you know an unranked mode or something. I don't see why there's ne- why there'd be an issue with that necessarily. Like it could be its own mode. It could be in the game. I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. I don't, <laughs> I'm still not sure. Yeah, I'm I've, not sure I've seen that take going around. Like they should just like you know essentially do like COD create a class essentially yeah which like i'm not really opposed to i just you know like i could see it but um i, the I, thing, I, I doubt uh, they'll yeah. do something like that to be honest what i like what i would like is stuff like the say the presets are the way they are now and they get a bit more balanced and they somehow tier them and then they fix the matchmaking so that they're like set in tiers and the tiers kind of make sense I would like variants of the existing kits. Would be like you can get like a bigger mag, but you have to take something up, but the grenade goes away. Or yeah, be you know, you yeah. get a better stim, but the ammo gets worse. Or you know, the headset goes away, but you get like a face shield now. Like just random stuff, stuff like that. It'd be like good and bad. Like they're not necessarily like better, just like other alternatives within that particular kit, and it, it keeps it under control. What if you um, had like maybe it's an entirely separate tree that just passively levels, but it's like called augmentations and you just get like unlocks to like augment your kit so like maybe the first one's like an ai2 so you can like throw an ai2 and then maybe the next one's like a i don't know hemostat or something and then but you can only like choose one maybe 
And then it's like an extra mag, and then maybe it's like a bigger mag. Maybe it just like magically upgrades your yeah. mags. Maybe it's like a grip or something. I don't know. Something yeah, like, like that. I think it's like lots of these things are good ideas, I think, without going full, completely like, yeah, creator class style. I don't know. What, yeah. Another take I wanted to get from you was I've seen another one where <laughs> people are suggesting they should just entirely remove like the health system but not remove it so like remove like hmm. remove essentially remove the need to take painkillers but you still take damage when you run on black legs but you don't need to take painkillers I don't know I'm probably getting it wrong and then mm. like remove uh like bleeds I think I'm getting. I think I'm getting this take right. Whatever that I've heard. I think but, there's lots of different takes with different nuances <laughs> in it. Anyways, I, I guess the because the, like one like I think Hayes mentioned this was in his video was that it takes like a minute to patch yourself up, and you're like effectively out of the fight for a minute, and I, I it doesn't feel good. I guess is the mm. the point, the moral story my take on that whole thing i i actually understand the painkillers thing i do because it feels like you're kind of like painkillered up the whole time and if you do run out you're really shafted um, and some kids do run out and some kids don't run out which is a bit weird like if you just have an algins you can run out if you have like golden star vaseline i know they re they replaced all the golden stars with vaseline then you can never run out because it's longer than the round time than the possible round time. So you just always have it. I I quite like the nuance of the health system. The only thing that I think should get changed, like so, let's put it this way: people who were like not Tarkovy people, but other competitive people, were quite like excited to see like bleeds and like breaks and stuff in a competitive shooter. Mm -hmm. Like people actually quite like that. Like we take it for granted playing Tarkov all the time, but a lot of people who were who were not like talk of mains were quite like intrigued by that as a concept. Yeah, I can see that. I think that the bleeds are fine. The breaks, the bleeds, uh, I think they're okay. Um, I do think that some of the animations could be a bit quicker, though. I think it's fine the way it is, but I think maybe especially healing and like the fact that we don't have like a global heal that just you know just continuous heal to your body. You have to do each part separately one by one. Could be a little faster, I think. But I also kind of don't mind the sort of... You had a 1v1, you won, but you're like kind of messed up. You have to decide whether to heal or not kind of thing. In Arena, I actually don't really mind that because it's like, well, the other team like did some damage to your team. They didn't kill you, but like they had some lasting effect, right? And now you have to try and prioritize like, okay, what time am I going to spend? I can't fix everything. Like a lot of the time I end up with, you know, a, a break but I've fixed my bleeds and I've made my thorax green again. But I've got like, you know, two red arms, but I just don't have time to fix them. So it's like I go into the next fight like slightly worse off than I did before. Um, I, don't, I, I don't really mind that as a mechanic. I feel like that's fine. To be honest, after using it, I, like, I don't think they necessarily need to change the healing system, particularly. Every class should have um, the ability to heal all the different types of status effects, though. That's just like oh, part of the way so? the game works. Yeah, I just I don't think that you should like 
not have painkillers, for example, I just think it's too fundamental. Yeah, I was saying, it's like, it. what about in this scenario where like your legs broken or blacked and you can't go to the objective? Yeah, like that's. I mean, just, I, I, I guess there's like strategy there. You could argue, and that's I think the there's price only... you pay for picking that kit. Yeah, I think there's only a couple of ones that don't have painkillers. Almost all of them do. Okay. Um, I think there's like two that don't. Wow. So I think they should. Okay. I think they all just should have that. Um. But so then, like, like if they all have nuance. that, what's the point in having broken legs is my question at that point. Yeah, then it's kind of like the usual question of, like, do you painkiller or not? I mean, in Arena, it's, like, more cut and dried that you do painkiller, but maybe you don't on Sawmill? Because you still have the blurriness, right? Painkilling is not, like, free anymore. Yeah. It's, not, it's slightly annoying on the screen. I don't think you get desaturation in Arena. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm forgetting. But I think you, you just have, like, the light saturate, the light, um, the light chromatic aberration around the edge i think maybe have... it's better than the base game i can't remember sorry i have a burning question do you have food and hydration <laughs> you do but it doesn't matter because the rounds are way too short well when the round ends is, does it get reset to full yeah everything gets reset okay. back to be the beginning like all of your kit load out your armor everything i think that's one thing that would be good is if they could somehow move things from one session to the next like it doesn't necessarily have to be like you know you have to save your ammo through each different game because otherwise you run out or whatever like but it would be nice if you picked up somebody else's gun to keep it or if you picked up a helmet from somebody else to keep it for the next round i think i feel like that would be quite good like you get your kit like, like you <laughs> you can farm infinite stuff make sure you pick up all the ifacts after you kill the bodies then like for, just for that game i mean not for like you know not but not like between games but say you're like, you, know, you ran one and you win and then yeah. you pick up their stuff and then you get into the next one with it I, I feel like that would be okay. Yeah, maybe you might, you might, you might, because you're kind of like just generating. You're like populating new, injecting new items in. Effectively, but it doesn't matter because it, it like it literally doesn't make it. Because after the end of the game, it it's could all matter. gone anyway. <laughs> if I have eight effects at the at the last round, it's a pretty it's a pretty good advantage. Yeah, but then that's kind of like oh, well, that's you've benefited from like being diligent and picking up the stuff. So now you've got but to it's compounds. Yeah. I guess, oh, when you die, <laughs> it, it would reset. When you die, it resets, yeah. So if, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I feel like that would be okay. It might be okay. I don't know. <laughs> in, theory, in theory, it sounds a little... To me, it sounds a little... I mean, maybe having a second gun would be too much. Like, having a second gun is really powerful. Like, often I'll pick up the player I killed's gun. Do you have pistols on a lot of kits? Mm, a lot of them do. Okay. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. And they've usually got good ammo. They're normally like PvP or like AP 6.3, 45 AP. The pistols are usually decent. There was an argument with that. There's the MPX with the... Um, the, the Quake Maker. Quake Maker, yeah. Um, there's an argument to you, because you have attack, attack tech rig. There's an argument to use the pistol because you get AP 6.3. Just throw the MPX yeah. on the floor. Just use it as an armored pistol kit. I wonder if nah, because you you have painkillers, yeah. Hmm. I'm saying, what was the strategy like picking a leg medic kit just to stop people from like reaching objectives? But then, as you said, most kits yeah. have ways to deal with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I would like to play it just to like get my own perspective and mm-hmm. feelings on it, but. 
the time it seems okay it seems like it's relatively fun to progress through the progression that like, they have yes and no yeah i think <laughs> as i said i think you have more fun if you try and like evenly do it honestly yeah and not rush too much up the ranks because well, otherwise you get really stuck yeah I, yeah yeah maybe there's a bit of like um you know it's really fun to reach the super expensive medikit until you're poor <laughs> and you realize yeah oh, no, what have i done i think dan exit put a post about that he's just like you know they their team was exactly that team right they were reaching the same level as like landmark and all the other people mm -hmm. and obviously don't have a 50 percent win rate against them mm -hmm. so can't afford to play the kits that's needed to play on an even playing field and so it just feels a bit rough because you end up running out of money trying to play at that ARP. So you end up lowering your kits, but then you just end up going down the ranks because you're now at a lower ARP level because yeah, your, your kit's lower, right? Even though you're the same skill because it's a combination of your skill plus your, your kit, of course. Yeah, it's such right. a weird system. It is a weird system. So I don't know. I've kind of enjoyed avoiding that for the time being um unless you're supposed to go to tarkov escape from tarkov play there get money that money. way and then inject into arena maybe maybe yeah. maybe that without would... that in the game maybe that's how it's supposed to be done maybe it's <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of weird it's a good way to sell two different products though that's essentially the same product but repackaged. <laughs> mm. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't know. Uh, yeah, what about skills? Anything? You you have all level one skills, right? You have any hot takes about skills? Any thoughts? <laughs> um. I hope that they get rid of them for ranked. Just give everybody the same. I just don't really see the point. Of having it like it is in BFT, ranked. That sounds a bit weird. Oh, this guy just ran to the objective faster than me because he's like just played more. Doesn't well, sound very esportsy. I know that they were oh, gonna. Wait. They they said they were gonna like fix the skills. I think for ranked, but right now I think you just have the skills of your arena character. I don't know whether they're uh, shared because they're not linked together yet, so we don't really un understand how that's gonna work. So wait, 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 your like account has a skill, not your like person you pick, your class. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your PMC. It's like your PMC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it levels like Tarkov? I believe so. I, I, mean, I think okay. it does. I thought I, it... I assumed it reset every every game, but... I don't think so. I don't think that was the idea. Oh. Um, I'm just loading... I actually didn't have the game loaded before, so I'll load into the game, and I'll tell you what mine are. And I think that <laughs> they level incredibly slowly. I wonder... There's a legitimate strategy to like sandbagging and just leveling skills. <laughs> you pick the free kit, just the level equal control. Where is my guy? It's in Korea. <laughs> so toxic. Dude. So my PMC in Arena is level 16 mm -hmm. at the moment because you get XP as well towards like levels. Not that it does anything. <laughs> they really just copy paste. <laughs> yeah, it's the same screen, right? Um. And oh I am God. level zero endurance and level zero strength. 
Wait, do you have any XP? I've got eight and a half out of ten on endurance, and I've got 2.6 out of ten on strength. Like, you never want to be overweight in Arena, so why the hell are you ever going to level strength? I don't know. Probably not sprinting very far. Like, it seems like leveling endurance really, like, distance matters, but it seems like sprinting the entire distance matters. Like, you can't just do, like, shh. Like, I guess you can do short bursts, but it's not very efficient. I just sprint the entire... It's literally, how long did you hold the shift bar for? And we're moving. (laughs) Yeah, like, they're literally all here, right? Like, crafting and hideout management, as somebody says in chat. (laughs) Crafting and hunter management are level zero, unsurprisingly. Uh, I just, I just can't get over it. Are they just like, I mean, of course they were going to, but it's just funny. My vitality is level three. After playing thirty-seven games of arena, my vitality is higher than, you know, the first sort of however long of the of the wipe when I don't have it to get to the med station. Because mm-hmm. obviously you get shot a lot. Yeah. Stress resistance of two, health of two, uh, assault rifles one already. Recoil control nearly four. <laughs> so obviously, those like all of those skills. It's just yeah. like yeah, it's just weird. Even mag drills. I don't. Know, I don't even know how. I guess just a lot of reloading. Mag drills is halfway up through the first level. Unusual. Yeah, it's weird. I don't really understand the skills thing. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't I mean, make, should they remove it? You're saying just completely obliterate? I think it. They should remove it and just give people like medium skills or something. Like the level thirty skills potentially. Remove the leveling, but just give it a fix. Thing. I think so, yeah. Because if you gave everyone elite skills, I think it would just be a bit silly because you'd be able to run across like the <laughs> entire map because they're just not that big. Yeah. So yeah, I think everyone should just have fixed skills. Otherwise, doesn't really make sense. The announcer's too loud. <laughs> it should have a slider. They Still. actually decreased the volume in the announcer, but like he's just unnecessary for when you're actually playing i know that it's like it's very like you know immersive but you don't sure. really care about that when you're playing competitively right. of course they want you to feel as if you're playing in you know some back alley arena yeah i mean it, it it's looks like that's great but it looks cool like i was watching i think it's the tournament and like my eyes like started like oh he's up there i was like oh no that's that's just a an npc the crowd stand cheering uh i mean yeah. yeah it looks it looks cool as you said yeah so i don't know there's a lot to yeah there's a lot to do there's a lot to do what else did i write anything else down let me see because there's just so much to talk about like pesty had loads of things he was saying about the announcers too loud presets are imbalanced like yeah fine fine loading time's a bit too long like it's not too bad but it could be better given that they were supposed to rework it from the ground up whether they did or not even even your solo queuing yeah just it's just like the load just the actual like map loading oh it's just a, a little longer than you would like hope for given the maps are so basic i saw like five minutes for match times is that kind of average for solo queue like it's quick yeah I would say it, like you get Five in pretty quick. fast, like under. I would say, under, I would okay. say like like I match when the servers are working normally. I'm probably in a game within three minutes. Okay, it's not too bad because you click the button and it's just like matched, and then you press OK. But then sometimes it takes like thirty seconds for people to do. It. That's like the worst part is like when people are messing about, and then the matching, yeah. the actual like creating, you know, loading loot and loading presets and all of that stuff like that takes a little bit too long. So I would say it. I would say it probably is like twice as long as I would like it to be. 
you know, if the whole process from like clicking go to being into the get and the game actually loading in was a minute and a half, I think I'd be completely fine with it. It's like about three minutes normally for me. I think so. I'd have to I'll have to go and time it. Like I'm I'm just pulling this number out of my out of my ass to be honest. I don't really know how long it is. It, it's long enough that I'm being a, a Tarkov player for long long enough. It doesn't bother me when it's working well. Right. Let's put it that way. So it could be shorter, but it doesn't really bother me. Also, I'm streaming, so I'm talking to chat during the break. Like, I'm used to that anyway, so it feels quite quick because I'm used to sitting there for, like, six minutes to get into a game. Fair enough, fair enough. So um, maybe my view is slightly skewed versus if you're, like, sat there on your own. But I, I've play, I played a bit off stream as well. and didn't feel terrible. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. And what else did he say? He said, you can't do anything with loading in. This is That's definitely one. Like, you need to be able to see the team that you're matching with. You need to see what presets they're trying to pick. You know, like in Dota where you, like, ghost pick over a, a, a hero you haven't selected it yet like that would be good to see what other people are doing especially if you're doing solo queue you can't look at the presets while you're loading in it's a bit like tarkov right you can't look at your inventory you can't look at your stats you can't look at anything in this you can't look at the presets you can't look at your stats you can't look at any you're just stuck on the loading screen it just makes it 10 times worse like it makes it feel like it takes longer because you can't do anything you know we saw even in like nakwan right you can like browse around and look at the different admin centers and stuff when you're loading into the game while it's matchmaking yeah. Like, there's no excuse in Arena to have the same method as Tarkov does. Just like the matchmaker takes precedence over everything, and you must be looking at your character, heavy yeah, breathing, and slowly rocking backwards like... and forwards on the menu. Like, why? There's no need for that. Yeah. But I do agree with that. Should we'll do something, but I guess there's nothing to do. Like, in COD, you could, like, build another class or, like, mod, because you're constantly yeah. locking stuff. So you can, like, constantly mm-hmm. do stuff while matching. Or is this just, like, nothing to do? Yeah. And he said that FPS needs to be greater than 144 on all maps, so like all players. Performance isn't... That's a tall ask, in my perfect, opinion. Perfect, I would say. Performance is like... Performance is to the point where I didn't notice, which is not saying that much, because firstly, I have a 5800X3D. Mm-hmm. And secondly, I mean, I have my, game, I have my monitor capped at 100 FPS anyway, because I stream on a single PC, and if my GPU goes above 100, hits 100%, then it breaks the stream. And I'm a boomer, so I don't care if it's <laughs> lower than 100. Like, sorry, if it's, about, if it's above 100. I literally can't tell. Yeah, just 144 for all players, that's just not reasonable because there's just so many different hardwares out there. Yeah. But I think, like, I mean, I think I was on Bowl and it was, like, 85. I was like, yeah. mm, I, guess, I guess it is a little low. It's not great. Like, there is some work to do on it, for sure. The problem is, is, like, Yes, the maps are small, but like there's a ton of detail that's being drawn. I don't know. And that's kind of the other thing is like I'm guessing the like they're not cutting corners on any of the like they don't cut corners, I guess is a good way of putting it. So like the announcer, like the sorry, not the announcers, but like the, the people in the stands are like fully rendered. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining like there's probably no corners being cut there, no tricks. Maybe there is. I could be wrong. I don't know there's certainly about. the new culling in because um, there's a spot on Bay 5 that people have been abusing. But the best mm. part about it, right? So you stand in a certain place and you lean and all the map disappears and you can mm. just see everybody. The best part about it, you can see them do it on the kill cam. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense with cameras. Yeah. So when you die to it, I've seen like loads of people reporting people for like, you know, because that's like, I do think that's like over the board line of. I, I usually sit on the side of, like, it's up to the dev to fix the bugs. Like, who knows what's a bug and what's not. But, like, using the culling to completely, like, see through the in- all of the terrain on the map because everything disappears. 
I think that's over the line quite easily. You know, it's an easy call to make that it's like obvious exploiting. Yeah, like, there's there's some things that are pretty safe to say that's an exploit. Yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff that's on the borderline, but I think that's like I think that's pretty cut and dried. So it's quite good that you can see it from the spectator view. Because when you die to it, you see them do it straight away. And it's like, oh, I, I see. Um, it is nice having the spectator cam, though. I will say. Even if it's not yeah. like, perfect, it doesn't perfectly line up. Like, half the time, you're just like... It's, it's almost... It's quite insightful, because for the first time ever, you're like... Your ideas of Tarkov are being tested in real time every single time you die. Because you die to somebody, and you're just like, oh, how did he kill me? And then the spectator view comes in from, like, some dude in the airplane. And you're like, oh, I got killed by the guy off, like, to my left. It wasn't actually the guy I was fighting. It was someone else. And like all this stuff. There's like loads of things. It's actually quite insightful seeing the kill cams. Like more often than I would like to admit, I'm surprised as to mm-hmm. where I died from. Mm-hmm. Some of them are hilarious. I saw one on Reddit where there's like this guy's, you know, just wandering through and fighting somebody. And then he just like dies randomly. And he was like, what? And then it swaps to the kill cam. And there's two dudes fighting with like the 100 round M4s in the airplane. And they're just like spraying at each other. And the guy just like whips sideways. And one bullet just, you know, sneaks out of the airplane and just kills him from like across the whole map on air pit. It's quite funny. It's just like totally random. <laughs> oh, it's quite funny. Sorry, I was kidding. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I was totally distracted by it. Twitter friendly guys got a clip of him killing a Alton with a M993 G28. Oh, yeah. It's like this yeah, it's one's funny for the community. <laughs> a lot of people push down the Alton route, which I was like starting to do with this CQB mm-hmm. kit. The issue is, is that there's obviously counters to that. Like if you can push through the kits that are maybe worse early, but later on get M993, M995, those kind of things. Those kits are useless, and it again becomes the same kind of thing. You stand on anybody below you, and anyone above you kills you. It becomes one of those kits because you can't hear either with the Alton on. Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. So some I... of those guys are running into trouble after it's... dumping like you know fifty games in a row against people who can't kill them, and then suddenly you run into somebody with a G twenty eight with M nine nine three in it, and you've got a Redoute on and a and an Alton, but they don't care, baby straight through and you're like wow i'm now suddenly just completely just blocked i like just can't win now sometimes i feel like tarkov as a whole is just about punching down on people (laughs) it's kind of toxic it's punching down the game yeah and it's got many systems in place to ensure that the punching down happens feels like that yeah it's like it's the ultimate virtuous and vicious circle game if you're good, you have all the best kit, you know the map, and you have you know, enough money that you don't care, you have no gear fear. It doesn't matter if you die even, which makes you play confidently, but you have the best stuff anyway, so even if they have the same skill as you, you still win. If you're bad, you feel bad, you're scared, you don't have enough money because you're terrible because you can't make money, you have terrible kit, so even if you are okay, you still die anyway because your kit's bad. It's like the whole thing's just like... Yeah, yeah well, there's like a... Like that. Yeah, but... Yeah, it just feels yeah, and there's there's some things that feel like innately true to that that are like baked into the design. You know, some of the stuff is like related, I guess, to like just you know, just so happens that you're not good right now at the game, but you can get better. But because the way Tarkov's designed, it's gonna be even harder to get better because the way the systems are structured. Yeah. You know. Exactly, yeah. Cause it's like, well, it's actually easier now, but in the past it was like 
Well, you ne- but you can never practice a PvP. Would you like? How, it's just like, we'll just go get good at PvP. It's just like, but I can't get into PvP because I just die in one shot and I don't know where <laughs> but, from. Right, and then you're gonna get the PvP, and it's gonna be like Alta's run around, but you have a pistol. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. you gotta sit there and suffer. For oh yeah, I guess it's like yeah, it's... You're getting in the PvP, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just brutal, right? But uh, yeah, kind of feels a bit of the same way here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's interesting. Interesting. So look. Needless to say, like there's a lot to be done on this game. If they want it to be successful and have longevity, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, there's a lot of things to do. But I'm having fun playing it. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm not turbo sweating it. Deadly Sob put up a yeah post as well about only playing solo queue, mm-hmm. um, and probably having a better time because of it. And I posted on that as well because i totally agree but the guys who seem to be having a, a bad time are the guys who actually did try to push the top 100 leaderboard like hyper focused down one particular branch of the tree and are now stuck and can't play anything else like if you took it a bit easier and just chilled out and just took it at face value and just played and especially just solo queued with it i actually think it was much less like problematic just the way the game systems have like ended up which is kind of interesting yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing it casually, low investment mm. when I get around yeah. to it, but I still like to, you know, see what, what all is there. I mean, I've effectively quote-unquote paid for it, so. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, outside of that, I mean, I guess the wipe's coming soon. Main Tarkov, the yeah. pre-wipe events seem to have begun, but, I mean, nobody really cares. Like, you look at the charts, like, no one's watching EFT, no one's really playing, no one's going to care about these pre-wipes, I don't think, with Arena around. So, well, like, I think Labs is free at the minute or something, and there's got like 15 players on it. So, if you want to go and PvP on Labs, you can. Right. Like, okay. Like, the poison event thing's still going on. I did like one quest and a bit out of that line, but like, who really cares? Um, but it'll probably be next week sometime. Don't know when. Earliest, probably the 26th. Nikita, yeah. said, not, Nikita said not Christmas Day, basically. So, presumably the 26th towards the 30th, but. I have no idea really exactly when. Right. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Until then, if you haven't got in, I feel for you. If you have got in, don't take it too seriously because it's probably going to wipe soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it'll be back to square one anyway, so, you know, don't turbo sweat it too hard. Just try yeah. to enjoy it. Take it at face value. And uh, give constructive feedback. All I'd say. Yeah, I guess just closing thoughts for reader for me is a very intrigued to see. Excuse me, where does she take it? Because mm-hmm. there's, I think there's like a lot of decisions and choices to be made, and it's kind of just a matter of how they want to do things. Uh, I think regardless, they're going to, regardless that the games like quote-unquote good or not or popular or whatever like they're going in my opinion they're going to take it as far as they can with esports because esports is a really big industry and it's a lot of money involved and they are a corporation company so that's what they're gonna do so yeah i think that's kind of the interesting part is like because i in some ways i like respect the way bsg does things even though i don't always like it like the you know as we said like the arena announcer you know it's like loud 
but like it's immersive but you know what i mean like i don't like it but i can respect that they're doing their thing so mm. to speak you know what i mean like that's that's the way they do things like i what was the thing is oh yeah the the the, the ai spawning in the cleanup crew like it's very like on brand for bsg to do something toxic like that right it's like all right now we send in tequila to kill everyone yeah we send it together to kill the only <laughs> remaining player on one team in the grand final yeah it's yeah. very very on brand so i yeah it's cool so yeah reno would be cool once once it comes out most likely what's probably going to happen for me which is fine is but you know by the time i get access i'll probably be playing tarkov and the wipe will happen and who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll check it out once once I get kind of like through that phase. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. No, that's it, really. I think. Yeah. A lot of arena stuff. So we'll see. We'll see by next week what's happened. If there's anything crazy, but I I reckon we'll probably be talking about wipe. I imagine. Yeah, that would be fun. Get to talk about the new features, and mechanics, the hidden changes. You know, the good old joys of white day. Exactly. And yeah, I just think. For most people, Arena is going to be pretty chill. Like, yeah, there's going to be pro people who are, you know, meaning yeah. it. But like, if you sign up to a pro org, or whatever, like some of the guys I was speaking to over at Hanover, then it's like, obviously, that's you kind of want that to become a thing, and you're sort of, you're, you're, I don't know, you're placing a bet on it by doing that, and that's fine. But I think for the average person, you could just dip in and out, right? When you don't yeah, have time to play the sure. base game, just dip in and out. Don't take it too seriously. Just use the kits that you think are fun. Like, don't don't sweat it too much. Um, and if you're not having fun, don't play it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's exactly. no, yeah, it's for fun. Yeah, remember the the numbers on the screen do not mean anything to you. They do not <laughs> assign your your worth in the world. I've been there, done that. <laughs> Trust me. Some really toxic Dota two days. <laughs> that three yeah. trying to get the four K MR. Oh boy, that was <laughs> tough. Yeah. Did you make it, by the way? I did. And then I never, like, I was like, okay, I think I never want to play ranked again. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was so toxic. And, like, what actually got me there was I paid for, like, coaching. Hmm. And um, he was like, yeah, you're actually doing fine. And then, you know, meanwhile, I'm just like, God, I'm so stupid. Why did I do this? Like, no, you're doing fine or whatever. And so I, I guess that plus, like, just being, more positive hmm. you know and like trying to basically i had to be the adults in the in the kind room. of interesting how yeah. that works and then once i got there i was just like okay yeah i never want to experience this again and like it just i just stopped it's like no way yeah yeah, yeah it was crazy yeah. it's so hard though but like for the same reason why it's kind of difficult to get go up the ranks in arenas is the same in in MOBAs but like in MOBAs and like RTSs it's usually a lot harder because in arena games are quick you know they especially if they're one-sided they're like definitely under 10 minutes whereas a Dota 2 game it's like you're hard pressed to get it under 30 and if it's the same type of system which it is I think it was 25 minus 25 wasn't it in Dota if I remember correctly I think it was the same kind of thing though it was like with a 70% win rate which is also like practically you know unheard of in 5v5 you have to play like you know a hundred games to go up a thousand MMR. And it's just like a hundred games of Dota is a lot of Dota, right? You're already, yeah, you're already talking about like 
yeah. 50 hours at least, probably more likely to be 60, 70. And that's to go up like 1,000 MMR. And that's assuming you have a 70% win rate, which is incredibly hard to do as one player on a team of five against another team of five. Like, it's more likely to have a, a win rate of, you know, but, you know, unless you're like super pro and like completely like not in the right bracket, you're more likely to have a win rate of 55%. And like, as you get closer to fifty percent, the amount of games you need goes exponential. Because obviously, if it's fifty-fifty, you're at where you're supposed to be, and you you won't go right. up. So right. like, the smaller your win rate, the longer it takes to get to your like, you know, to go up the rankings. So it's just it's it just takes an incredible amount of time. I think like, I averaged when I was like doing the grind back then, I was averaging like a sixty percent win rate or something, and I was just like, this is going to take me an eternity. <laughs> it's just going to take me so. It's going to take me way too long. Like some of my heroes, I had like really great win rates on actually when mm-hmm. I was like climbing up because I never, well, I never actually officially got above three. I never got above three k on my like solo account, but that's because we literally all played unranked as a five stack or four or three or whatever. Like I, I just never played solo ranked. So the one time that I decided to give it a good go, I did do okay up until the point and got to like the upper 2k so i went from like 1900 or something which is where i placed to like 2.7 or something like that with like you know a 60 70 percent win rate or whatever but like obviously it was like starting to go down as i got higher up but i was just like this is just gonna take me so long to do i just can't be bothered anymore like this is just and what am i trying to prove either like i don't like yeah it doesn't even matter right i was just like i just don't yeah. care so <laughs> i ended up just not so yeah rank yep. dragon can be fun you know trying to improve self-improve but it can also very often i find be very very toxic yeah i found it a lot more enjoyable when i was playing 1v1 rts because Mm. that's a lot more like chess or tennis or something it's like it's you and them and that's it right right and your win rate is much more specific to obviously to your performance Mm. um and if you're playing a high skill cap game, like you, even if you're like slightly unevenly matched, you win just like an overwhelming amount of the time. And when you lose, it's like you're very self-reflective about it and stuff, or like at least I was. Um, so it's like I just found that a much better experience than playing like team ranked game. But yeah, that's just me. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. And in some ways, some people might find the solo play more intimidating because then it, mm. it really is you are the problem <laughs> yeah you know? so you could like hyper focus on that it could be a, a negative aspect i yeah. find too in team ranked it's often about being the flexible one you know like being more accommodating mm-hmm. like i played the finals recently and i hated it and i think i hate it because i absolutely did not want to be the accommodating one. <laughs> i wanted to be the selfish one and it's just i was just not having a good time oh I stopped playing it. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard. Yeah, exactly. If you want, if you really want to win, mm. this is such a weird thing about these games, right? If you really, really want to win, as you say, like you have to be like flexible, obviously play well, but also be kind of like team psychologist, <laughs> like keep people under control. Like you can, yeah. you can get a positive win rate in Dota without being very good just by playing support and stopping your carries from tilting. Yeah, that's that's how I got to work as I stopped my carries. That's literally was, all you have to do. Yeah. Previously, I was a support that's still things. I was only <laughs> making things worse. But yeah, that's I. Uh, I like have vivid memories of like my team like on the edge of giving up, and then the enemy team throws, 
they make a really bad play and we capitalize on it and we win the game because yeah. I kept them mm-hmm. in in it to win it. Exactly. So maybe it'll end up being the same in this, who knows? But the rounds are shorter and there's kind of like it feels like there's less on because it's round based, it's like less on the line each round. I'm sure people will tilt and especially with team kills. I mean, I actually got quite annoyed with some guy the other day when he team killed me because it was just like, I was just like, this is, it's so obvious where I was. Yeah. And then I just, and then he just got spooked and just like, especially when they don't kill you in one shot, if they just accidentally just like, you know, aimbot you and just one shot you in the head, then it's like, okay, fair enough. But when they're just there like gunning half a mag at you, it's just like, I am red. What are you doing? Please stop. <laughs> That's when I get more annoyed, actually. <laughs> I saw someone was cheating <laughs> and the team that had the cheater on started TKing the cheater at the start of the round, which I thought was amazing. That is I love good. stuff like that. That's very good. Very good. All so right, yeah, well, wipe soon. Better get on with some stuff, I suppose. But uh, yeah. yeah, who knows? We'll be left-hand leaning, hiring out the the goons and uh, vaulting <laughs> over everything by the time we get to the next cast, hopefully. I love it. <laughs> uh, Alright, I think that's going to wrap it up. This arena special. Thanks for tuning in. With that, see you all next week. Catch you later.